live and heard around the world you are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet it's the high stakes fantasy football hour presented by myffpc.com with your hosts eric balkman and dave gerzak the high stakes fantasy football hour is your home for football analysis from the best fantasy players in the world and now because no one else was available here are eric balkman and dave gerzak Thanks, Rob. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this extra special July 21st episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com live from the Gatorade Studios. Support for the show is also provided in part by Hyundai. Given all of the international awards it's received, perhaps winning is everything for the 2015 Hyundai Sonata. For more information, check out Hyundai.com. One drive and you'll get it with the 2015 Sonata from Hyundai, the official automotive sponsor of the NFL. Greetings and salutations to all the Balkaholics, Gerzak, and Annex, and first-time listeners to the show. Hey, thanks a lot. Welcome. We're going to have a lot of fun in these next two hours. I'm your slightly above-average host, Eric Balkman. My co-host is the original Dizzle, Dave Gerzak. Tonight, we have the third of six special episodes of the HSFF Hour for you. It's the pros versus Joes, the dump truck league number three tonight, and we'll be covering it to you for you live for two hours. If you want to follow the live draft board, you can do so at youtube.com slash high stakes fantasy football. The live stream is live on there. Good thing for a live stream to be is live. So check that out. You can uh, have that in uh, one window and have us open in the other window. You get audio and you get video and it's almost as good as television, but you're going to have to settle for us. Uh, Shout out to the chat room right now. Feel free to post any questions you guys might have. Drafters or for me or Dave in there. We're on Twitter at HSFF Hour, at Eric Balkman, at David Gerzak. You can find us on Facebook as well. And of course, 347 426 3682. That's 347 Game Over is the call in line if you want to call in and talk with us tonight. Uh, we're going to have some of the drafters uh, give us a, uh, giving us a call tonight to talk about their drafts. Hopefully, we'll, they'll make some picks uh, on the air, which is always good. Sigmund Bloom from footballguys.com was. Uh, for or gracious enough um, to uh, do that for us tonight I was unfortunate <laughs> enough. The FedEx gracious of him. Yes, very gracious of him. FedEx inbox is high stakes fantasy football at gmail.com. Our producer and mutual friend Rob and audio engineer Bryce will get those questions to us uh, tonight. If we run out of things to talk about, which I don't see happening, but it's two hours and this is hours five and six uh, in the last three days that we've been doing this. So you never know what's going to happen tonight. Um, if you guys are not familiar with our show, we air 10, 9 central every Friday night right here at blogtalkradio.com slash HSFF. We bring on an FFPC high stakes player every single week. We believe that the high stakes players are the best in the world. And uh, the Joes prove that every single year, except for last year, when Tim McCulloch from rotoexperts.com became the first pro to win this competition. Uh, but we always want to bring on these underexposed high stakes players on every single week. You can tune in and listen to that. It's always a lot of fun. We uh, will have uh, 12 different players tonight competing for one FFPC main event entry in 2016. Uh, there's six of them that get awarded uh, yeah, every year 
three pros won last year, three Joes won last year, and one of these players will be drafting live at Caesars Palace in 2016 at the FFPC main event. Which one will it be? Dave Gerzak is going to tell us the 12 competitors tonight, starting with spot number one. Dave, take it away. All right, Balky, you've been helping me uh, with the pronunciations here. so Yeah, I can help you. Bob Lung is yes. number one. From uh, ffconsistency.com. Oh, I got to name all the websites too. Right? Yeah. Dave Asrani. Yep. Is a Joe. Former friend of the show, or current friend of the show, former guest of the show. General friend. General friend. Asrani's a nice guy. Good guy. Good Canadian guy. <laughs> Jay Myers from Dynasty Football Warehouse is drafting out of the three hole. Uh, he's a pro. Jorge Rios is a Joe out of the four spot. Another former guest of our show. Do you know what I, can, I can pronounce it pronounce well? Balky. I took four yeah. years of Spanish in high school. So well, I, I totally get it. I, you are going to fool a lot of uh, pronunciation, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, uh, teachers out there with, uh, you know, putting the accent on and everything. John Paulson is a pro at number five out of four for four.com. Chris Hammond, Hammond, is that what we just said? Hammond. Hammond uh, is a Joe at number six. Darren Amani is running this whole shindig. He is right. Fantasy Mojo, fantasymojo.com. He's I'll be, number seven. be the first one to thank him today. We'll thank him several times, but he sort of organizes this event every year. And uh, we want to thank him for doing that. He's drafting tonight, too. So very exciting. Uh, George Stevens is a Joe out of the eight spot. Uh, Shane Hallam from Draft TV is out of the nine hole. He's a pro. Dan Hendrickson, a.k.a. Dilly Bars, a.k.a. he's never given me a free Dilly Bar. When, he, he, out of the 10 when spot. have you ever been at one of his Dairy Queens? He comes to Vegas. He could have bring some. Well, you're not going to bring Put him on dry ice, throw him in a suitcase. Come on. I, I think you're asking an awful lot. Well, whatever. Uh, Chris Prince. Beer makers fan. Uh, he's a pro. He's yep. a DFS expert. Yep. He's very, been on TV. He's very talented a, player. You've probably dual superstar. You've seen his mug on TV before. And uh, James Duggan, uh, twelve. He's a joke. Those are tonight's competitors, and uh, it's going to be a fun little draft. Now, you guys, if you want to follow along on the video board, I know I mentioned it already, but uh, it seems like every time I mention it, somebody always like a couple minutes later. Where's the link? YouTube.com slash High Stakes Fantasy Football. So check that out right now. Without further ado, Dave. This is our third night in a row of doing this. Maybe we'll see some trends develop tonight. Maybe we'll see some players start you know, going in the same spot, or maybe they'll be all over the place. We saw a lot of difference last night in the Cowboys running backs, the Falcons running backs, two of the big – and the Vikings receivers, to me, three of the biggest uh, discussions in fantasy of which one do you want. We saw them very bunched together on Sunday night. We saw them very far apart on Monday. What's going to happen tonight? Let's dive in and find out. Pick number one, FF Consistency's Bob Lung takes Antonio Brown. Second consecutive night, Dave, that Antonio Brown goes uh, – no, excuse me, he did not go number one last night. He went number one Sunday night. Yep. So two out of three drafts, he goes number one. Davis Ronnie takes Rob Gronkowski at the 102, and Antonio Brown's teammate, the 103, is Le'Veon Bell to Jay Myers and Dynasty Football Warehouse. Do you ever remember, just as a sidebar, do you ever remember two teammates – going in the top three as often as Brown and Le'Veon Bell have this year. And it's not like one's a quarterback and one's a receiver. You know, I mean, it, it's just so weird to see that. You're right. You wouldn't see two receivers go in the top three right. on the same team. I can't really think of a time that it's happened. So we talk about the whole mistakes thing. Do you think that one of them is going to have to be inevitably a mistake? No. Oh, because you're such a big Ben fan? No, 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 no. I'm going to tell – well, yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, I'm going to tell you why. Uh, I want to be hear it. because I think any NFL offense can support an upper echelon elite receiver and an upper echelon elite running back. When you get into more than that, 
with like three guys, then I think, yes, one of them has to be a bust. I think any offense in the NFL, as long as it's a good one, can support two guys going in the top three. So I think neither one of those guys are bust this year. Well, I just want to say that every time Le'Veon Bell scores, an angel gets its wings. By nature, by law, by mathematical certainty, Antonio Brown doesn't score. Oh, okay. What do you think about that? Uh, Well, that's very true. And uh, you could make the same case with uh, every time Brown scores. Or every time, you know what I mean? Yeah, you can totally reverse that same. Vice versa. I mean, I I don't want to get too complicated with the math, but I mean, I think that works both ways. Uh, You have... uh, Matt Forte, a bit of a surprise, going yeah, so, at the 104 tonight oh, to Jorge right. Rios. We haven't seen him go that early before. Uh, at least I haven't. I, I think this is the earliest I've seen Forte go. Uh, Adrian Peterson goes right after that. You could have had Adrian Peterson, chose Matt Forte. That's interesting. Post-extension today. Post-extension. Uh, Eddie Lacy at the 106 to Chris Hammond. And Jamal Charles is the fifth consecutive running back and the final running back taken in the first round by Fantasy Mojo's Darren Armani. First time we did not have seven running backs go in the first round. The first two nights we saw seven running backs go off the board, only five here. And the remaining part, the second half of the first round, all receivers, Dave. And it is the rest of the infamous big six. You know, you say that, you say the big six, but Jordy was really close. Jordy's like, I think it's almost the big seven. To me, I hold him out because of that uh, offseason hip surgery yeah. that he had. So I just, I can't he- include him in the top tier of receivers mm-hmm. when, when that's still in the back of my mind. I think it's like the big 20. It could be the big 20. I mean, you can make <laughs> it. I think Jared Smola, who drafted Sunday night, was making a case for that. Um, on the Draft Sharks podcast. Was he really? I was just goofing around. No, he he made a case for, you know, Matt Schaff, who's the other host of the Draft Sharks podcast, was saying, talking about, you know, that that big six. And then you had uh, Jared come on and say, well, I, I, you know, yeah, I mean, maybe there's a big six, but he views the, the top 22, I think, 22, okay. you know, was for him was, was a big time uh, tier. And then there's a big drop for him. Right. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, George Sabins, Des Bryant, Draft TV's Shane Hallam, Odell Beckham, Demarius Thomas to Dan Hendrickson, Julio Jones to Chris Prince, and Calvin Johnson to finish it off to James uh, Duggan at that, the uh, at the twelfth. That's the latest that Odell Beckham's gone this, in this thing. Yeah, you know, I was going to say that uh, he went four four last night. I think. Yeah, I, I he was right up there, and I didn't notice. Um, you know, the thing is, like I've seen Beckham go later in football guys drafts yeah, and in our online sat. So it's like to me, that's not all that shocking. But in the, as far as pros versus Joe's go, yeah, this is the latest we've seen him. Shane Helm had to be pretty excited to get him there. Um, leading off the second round, uh, James uh, James Duggan takes Jordy Nelson to pair with Calvin Johnson, and then we see that second tier of running backs go off the board: Marshawn Lynch to Chris Prince, Lashawn McCoy to Hendrickson, C.J. Anderson to Hallam, and Demarco Murray to Sabins. I, you know, I was kind of looking at this today because I'm already thinking about Kentucky and where I want to be picking there. No, sir, I, those who don't listen, Balky and I go to Kentucky to draft right. the Kentucky Fantasy Football Championship every year. We pile six dudes into a car. Actually, it's a minivan. Yeah. Drive for eight hours because God knows we wouldn't want to fly to Kentucky. I mean, no one wants to pay two hundred dollars to actually fly there. Yeah. So instead, we waste eight hours driving there, eight hours driving back. It's a great weekend. Uh, just uh, as a point of uh, discussion, Shane said in the chat room here uh, he wanted Des instead of Beckham. 
but Des went right before him. He takes oh, yeah. Him. You know, quit your whining. I don't think he's whining. I'm, you know, just he planned on Des. He got Odell Beckham. That's not a bad consolation prize. That's fine. Anyway, I was thinking about where I wanted to draft in Kentucky, whether I wanted to be at the first part of the, you know, the round, the first round or draft in the back end. And I really like these running backs here, Murray, Anderson, um, not, not so much McCoy, but Murray, Anderson, Foster, and Lynch. I like, yeah, I would like getting a, a stud receiver, one of the big six at the end of the first round, and then one of those guys at the start of the second. That's easier said than done because uh, it seems like the back end always goes higher in Kentucky when when people are, are trying to bid on their draft spots yeah, there. In, in Kentucky, you bid on draft spots, right. plus it's 3RR. It's 3RR, so it's, yeah. sort of, it's, just, it's that screwy system. <laughs> so That's relegated to third-tier status well, what, in, in, in real, real I, fantasy. Sports. I have no comment on that, but I will <laughs> say that uh, I do like those, those four running backs there. Jimmy Graham goes right after Murray to Darren Armani, Arian Foster to Chris Hammond after that. A.J. Green to John Paulson, and then the first quarterback is gone to Jorge Rios. Uh, Andrew Luck is the pick there. Melvin Gordon, Randall Cobb, and Justin Forsett finish Gordon off the first, the first round. So I want to talk about two of those picks. So let's talk about Gordon first. He goes to Jay Myers at the 210, highest we've seen Melvin Gordon go. And I got to tell you, Dave, in the same way that um, Martavis Bryant went in the early or late fourth last night, uh, and I hadn't seen him go that high before. I don't think I've seen Gordon go in the second round before, and I'm seeing it tonight. You know what's and, weird? I mean, okay, let's talk about Gordon. Yeah. I mean, I did a bunch of dynasty rookie drafts this year, not just rookie drafts, dynasty startups, and we have been we've been doing them with FFPC. Gordon generally doesn't go in the early, like in the late second round, in a dynasty startup. Right. So, yeah. I mean that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. He goes in like the third. Right. And and isn't it interesting that the person who chooses Melvin Gordon tonight, Jay Myers from <laughs> Dynasty. Footballwarehouse.com. You can't get away from it. That's just one Jay, of those things. what do you things. think? You want to call in, defend yourself? Uh, well, we'll we'll see. Three four seven four two six thirty six eighty two. I'm gonna start taunting these number. pros and these Joes to call in. Randall Cobb to Davis Ronnie, and then Justin Forsett to Bob Lung at the two twelve. I ascendant. I you know what? I He's want it, I want to take him out of the ascendant discussion. For those of you who are not familiar, this is the fourth year that Dave and I have done this podcast. We've named a player that we deem uh, the ascendant every year that will shoot up. Uh, you know, two or three rounds when we get to the the main event leagues at Caesar's Palace for the FFPC in September, and we haven't we haven't picked it we're going to reveal it at the end of august uh, i believe august 28th is when we're going to reveal it forset is a semifinalist for that and i feel like we almost have to start throwing him out now because yeah, he's too high right he's, he's going in in the second now i mean yeah. this is two out of the last three drafts we've seen him go in the second round i you know i don't think he's going to climb too much higher than that but it, at a position dave where there are so many busts year after year even in the first round Forsett does offer a warmer, a fuzzier feeling than yeah. you would get from some other running backs. You know, to use your term, he's kind of he's kind of comfy to put on your team. That's uh, totally true. Matt Schauf, the DraftSharks.com podcast host, also uses the term comfy, so I feel good about it. He uses you it more than bad about it. I mean, what are you, he's a guys, great guy. He's I'm a, sure he is. You guys are ripping off each other's material. Former co-host of this show, by the way. He co co-hosted no he, no no i i don't think he used it on the show then but he used it on the draft sharks show a lot so that is the first two rounds uh that we we have ty hilton third straight night dave he goes yeah. at that two three turn he goes at the 301 to uh to bob lung and he starts off a mini receiver run in alshon jeffrey going to davis ronnie Mike Evans at the 303 to Jay Myers, Emmanuel Sanders at the 304 to Jorge Rios. Uh, so those four receivers are off the board in the early third. And then we see some more color 
as we move uh, towards the end of the third round. Jeremy Hill, running back, goes to John Paulson. And then Aaron Rodgers, second quarterback off the board in the third round. Brandon Cooks at the 307 to Fantasy Mojo. And then a couple of tight ends. Greg Olson to George Sabins. Travis Kelsey to Shane Hallam. So in the same way that you were talking about teams drafting balanced teams last night as opposed to people loading up at positions like they were on Sunday night, now you look at um, what we have so far as, as we are just about completed with the third round. We have Jorge Rios with one player at three different positions. We have Fantasy Mojo with one player at three different positions. Same thing with George Saban. Same thing with Shane Hallam. I mean, there's a a lot of color going on yep. here. Teams don't want to be caught with their pants down at any of those positions when the elite options are gone. Yeah, half the teams have taken either a tight end or a quarterback, so that's really totally interesting. We'll see how it turns out in the next like three rounds if it, if they kind of keep that up a little bit. But I, like I said in the other you know, last night's uh, podcast, I, I do like doing that. I like having a relatively balanced team because in every pick you have every round, you're kind of flexible. Rounds four, rounds five, you're kind of flexible. You don't have to pursue a position that you haven't touched yet. Carlos Hyde, Frank Gore, and Lamar Miller are the final three picks of the first round, or excuse me, of the third round. So tonight we don't see anybody with three receiver starts. We don't see anybody with three running back starts. It is a very balanced field so far. And one thing I think is going to be interesting is we've already seen four tight ends come off the board. Now, I said, in my opinion, that there was a big four at tight end this year. Yeah. Um, we had uh, Rob Vieira co-host uh, for a, a, a section of the show last night. He's he done called it. in. He didn't call. Well, a half hour. He sat in with us. Whatever. I don't want to get technical. Look, Balky. All right, you were the, I'm the co-host. You were the co-host. He was our guest for a half hour. <laughs> you want to get technical? He's done roughly four dozen FFPC DEs so far, and he was incredible. It, right, and he would say that Martellus Bennett is 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 pretty yeah. solid as the number five tight end there mm. but we have been seeing yes what i thought you you were saying you don't want to name guys I, I i can't i mean it's i got to get away from that because it's just you just gotta do it yeah it's it's gonna happen right, go we need to tease the listeners of what's about to come you know <laughs> martellus so, Bennett could be picked at any time now, yeah. folks or maybe not <laughs> Maybe he won't be picked tonight. We'll see. Find out live on the show. So Martellus Bennett, he said, is locked in at the number five. But what we've seen Sunday and Monday night is there was a drop-off between uh, the fourth tight end and the fifth tight end. So we'll have to see when the next tight ends are going. I'm willing to bet that it uh, it may be a little bit before we see another tight end go. All right. So, I'm, not, I'm not betting you, Rocky. Okay. What? Nothing. What, what are you pointing at? Just tell me what you're pointing, pointing at. The, the, the admin function because you, you never check it though. Yeah, I have been checking it. All right. Well, you know, that's what I was saying. In case you get like six or seven callers, all of a sudden you have all those people in the thing and you're not answering the phone. Yeah. Well, I I have been checking it. I've been better at it. Rob is I know, holding up a piece of paper every Rob time is somebody. Rob CFL and looking at There's no CFL on tonight. That's probably like highlights or something that he's got on. <laughs> so. Uh, anyway, the first three picks of the fourth round, first four picks of the fourth round, all receivers, Dave, Kelvin Benjamin, Julian Edelman, DeAndre Hopkins, and I'm going to reveal it for the YouTubers, it's Keenan Allen is the next pick to Shane Hallam. Of those four receivers, Dave, if I was to ask you to rank them, what order would you rather have them in this year? If you could, if you could, you know, pick any of those four, what order would you have had them in? Uh, I would go Hopkins, Edelman, Allen, Benjamin. That's my personal choice. Yeah, I, th I think I, well, no, I don't agree with you because I, I think I like, 
I don't like Hopkins as much as you do because I'm still worried about the quarterback. I'm still worried about the offense there. I have my concerns. So I would put Edelman over Hopkins. I might even consider Keenan Allen over Hopkins because I love getting off to that, you know, the fast start where where I think Do it at your own risk, Paul. I think Allen will without without Gates uh, involved. And remember, this is for everybody out there wondering what type of format this is. This is the FFPC scoring one and a half points per tight end catch. Uh, you can start two flexes in this format, and it is a week one through week 16 contest. Best ball, no lineups are submitted. You can't change your roster as the uh, season goes on. Whatever you leave with at this draft is your team for the season, and it's most points wins the league. So, And I, th- I think Keenan Allen would get you off to that fast start, um, which is why I might consider him uh, over Hopkins. I think right now Hopkins is still ahead, but it's definitely closer for me that's than fine. it is for you. But you know, That's why you – that's why you do the draft, Balky. Interesting pick here for George Sabins. Latavius Murray going at the Murray running backs to go with Des Bryant and Greg Olson. Great analysis. I'm very nervous about, and I feel like we've talked about this before, but I'm very, I'm very nervous about the Raiders in general this year. Why would you be? They're always a good team. Yeah. All coached. <laughs> there's a, lots of points. There's a lot of hype building with Latavius Murray right now. And he bulky, he had a half a game that was really good. And then <laughs> well, he got hurt. Right. He did get it was a, it was a concussion too. I mean, it wasn't well, I shouldn't say debilitating because those things can be debilitating. But the other concern I have that I brought up on the show last night that I feel like you are I don't want to say you're poo-pooing, but you're kind of just whatever about. I think Roy Helu is going to take a lot of third down work, a lot of catches away from Murray. And quite frankly, I'm not convinced that Murray just ends up being a first and second down guy this year. Well, you know, in that it's a, it's a valid point. And, you know, a lot of times I'll just kind of, like you said, poo-poo somebody and a lot of the high stakes guys are on him. And then I don't take him until, until like, you know, we get to Kentucky. And I'm like, oh, you know what? I kind of like Helu. And yeah. you're like, why? I'm like, well, because everybody else likes him that I think is smart. You know what I mean? Because it's, it's like I've done that before. Yeah, too. and I did. Yeah. I, you know, I did that with Antonio Brown, and I sniped uh, Wayne Ellis. It was a year. A year I knew he liked Antonio Brown. He was going in the fifth round. We were in the same draft that so I took him on. And he's like, "Why did you take Antonio Brown?" I'm like, "Ah, I know all you smart guys like him." So, and he did well. You know, Hilo, I think he's got potential. And if that's the case, then Latavius Murray, I mean, is obviously worth less. Right. Not that he's worthless, but he's worth less than he's getting drafted in right now because he's not going to get the catches. That's true. It's, it's a concern that I have. Uh, maybe George Sabins has those uh, same concerns, but not to the level where he wouldn't take him at the 406, or excuse me, the 405, because that's exactly what he did tonight. Uh, Shane Hallam also chiming in from the chat. And if you're not following along with the chat, definitely do that. Good conversation going on in there. He was thrilled to get Travis Kelsey at the 309 you know as well. He should be stop quoting him from the chat. If he wants to talk to us, he can call, well, he can call us in, but he's, he's very busy. So the other thing that he said, you know, who he is rooting for in the fourth round, Deandre Hopkins oh, really? didn't fall to him. So he went with Keenan Allen hmm. instead. So there you go. Uh, second night in a row, Dave, the same uh, team that takes Brandon cooks also takes CJ Spiller. Darren yeah. Armani from fantasy mojo gets cooks and Spiller. To go with Charles and Graham, that's a good number of receptions right there between those four. Does Armani live in like uh, Louisiana? I don't know where he lives. Does he live in, you know, like just outside of New Orleans. Uh, so he's, he's watching Jimmy Graham yeah. and Cooks, and you know, now he's like, oh, Spiller's coming to my own. Yeah, Chiefs, Chiefs trade Jamal Charles to the Saints midseason <laughs> for Mark Ingram. Yeah. Could be Jordan, a, you know, Jordan Matthews. I thought that was a nice pick. You know, I, you know, you mentioned those other four receivers. I think Matthews is going to get a lot of targets. Yeah, it's definitely on the upside. Chris Hammond uh, takes him as his number one receiver at the uh, 
in the mid, uh, mid fourth round here taking Matthews. And yeah, I think you're right. I think Matthews, you can lump into those other fourth round receivers there too. Um, to me, there is a significant drop off between uh, Brandon Cooks and then Kelvin Benjamin, who was the first receiver taken in the fourth round. I'm, I'm not, I don't want to talk a whole lot about Emmanuel Sanders because we've talked about him a lot last night, but I, I, I don't know if I'd put him in that in that third round tier. I might put him You're a in Sanders that fourth hater. round tier. I'm not. A, I do don't you know. still own Sanders and Karen? I do. And uh, so he's on the market for you. He's totally on the market. I put Carlos Hyde officially out there along with David Cobb and um, <laughs> I think Tevin Coleman I put out there as so, well. So, okay, so you drafted Coleman. You drafted David Cobb. We'll get back to this draft in a minute. You drafted these guys, and then you put them out there. Much You're in like the one of those guys who picks up a free agent. No, like, no, no. Because oh, No, listen. Oh, hey, I just picked this guy up last week. I would never do He's that. He's available for trade now. That is stupid. <laughs> I would never do that. This, these were guys I picked in the rookie draft, and like Rob Vieira was telling us last night, he looks at his players like stock, like a stock portfolio. And to me, right now, I selected Cobb and Coleman when I thought the value was there. And now, based on what I've seen, I think that right now could be a very good time to sell <laughs> both of them, especially right. Cobb. Um, so that's why I put them out there. But didn't you, at the time you draft, I'm, we'll get back to this one in a second. Right. Didn't, at the time you drafted him, didn't you say to yourself, oh, Tevin Coleman, oh, I can't believe he's here. I'm taking him. And the same thing with Kyle. Like, he's, he's, I'm taking him now. I can't believe he's there. No, so I never got, said that. Well, whatever. You, so obviously you thought that was the best value at that point in the right. draft. Yeah. So now has their value gone so much higher that you now want to get rid of them? It's not about value for me. It's about perception of value for other so people. So has the perception of value gone so much higher that you now think that you want to deal no, I think the perception of value is about to go down, which is why I want, which is why I want to deal them now. Uh, That's enough. how I feel about fair it. Enough. Four straight running backs go after the Jordan Matthews selection. Uh, four for four is John Paulson takes Andre Ellington, Mark Ingram to Jorge Rios, and then TJ Yeldon to Jay Myers as his number three running back for Dynasty Football Warehouse. Giovanni Bernard is the penultimate pick of the fourth round, and completing the fourth round is the number three receiver for Bob Long in Brandon Marshall. So he already has three receivers to go with Justin Forsett. Not a bad combo. Well, have to, I mean, in this format, you don't see it a whole lot, uh, but I, I'm starting to like that. And then there goes Martellus Bennett at the 501. So he gets his tight end. You were right. You know, people were listening to you, Balky. There was a whole 15 pick gap. Well, I didn't say it was going to happen. I just kind of thought that, like, look, I, I think this is this is where the drop off is is going to happen. So if you don't get one of those big four, people are like, let me pound another running back. Let me take another receiver. I'll worry about tight end in the fifth round. Now, again, we. We'll see another drop-off here if Rob Vera, again, like like he said, he's noticing the top five. Well, now five are off the board, so you we'll have to see if there's a gap again. I'm looking for a little mini run in the sixth round on tight ends. You're going to get like three or four of them. You're going to get Blah and then this guy and yeah. another guy yeah. and then that, that, that other guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's a very politically <laughs> correct way of saying hey, it for you. the drafters uh, here, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Jonathan Stewart at the 602 and Andre Johnson, or excuse Didn't, me, at the 502. And then Andre Johnson at the 503. Fantastic. Whoa. Love and it. He, you won the third round last Yeah, night. this is, that's late, great. Third, late third. Great, great value uh, for for uh, Dynasty Football Warehouse. He's like an old guy, Myers. I like that. Well, look at it. I mean, he, he's, he's got like enough. Fine, you know what? I'll take, I'll take the old guy. Yeah. He, he took four young guys to start things off. How old is Le'Veon Bell? Is he 25? He was super young when yeah. he came in the NFL. He was only he like might 20. Not be, he yeah. might have been 20 or 21. He so he in. might be 24 right He's now. He's very, very young. I'll tell you what. I bet Jay Myers knows how old he is. Um, so anyway. Or Google those too. That, that's probably. Uh, Shane Helm also agreeing. Andre Johnson, great steal there uh, at the 503. You know, I'm, I think that he 
Lou is a really good pick. How many? Yeah, good one. <laughs> How many receivers in the fourth round would you have rather had Andre Johnson over? If you look at Jordan Matthews, Keenan Allen, DeAndre Hopkins, Julian Edelman, Kelvin Benjamin, I know you'd rather have Johnson than Allen, right? Yeah, you know, I, it's funny because I, I honestly, you know, as we're doing this live, I don't think about, I, I'm not looking at a cheat sheet, so I kind of forgot Andre Johnson a little bit and then I saw him get drafted. You'd rather have Johnson over Benjamin. Yes, I, I, honestly, I honestly would. And, you know, when you look at, you know, as you as you say, look at wide receiver to quarterback, Johnson has by far the best. Um, you know, I put him right in the mix of all the rest of those I guys that went in the early fourth. Yeah. So I thought that was a, that's a tremendous pick. Yeah, very, very good pick uh, for Jay Myers there. Good Go job, Jay. Golden Tate is the uh, next pick at the 504. And then Alfred Morris and Joseph Randall dropping to the fifth round tonight. He's been going in the fourth or fifth round uh, of all your three boy. pros versus Joe's draft. You know what? He's not my boy. He is your boy. But I'll dude. tell you this. I'm Joseph Randall is totally your boy. No, he's not my boy yet, but I, I'm warming up to the idea of, so, of calling him my boy. You're no, liar. he's not my boy. No, seriously. You're I, yes, I like him in the fifth round right now, and I would probably select him in the fourth round if I, you know, needed third, a second running back. Third. I don't know about that. I don't know <laughs> if I can get on board with that. Also. You know, we can have this conversation in early September when the Cowboys don't sign anybody, when Randall's looking good in the preseason, and then yeah, I probably wouldn't have a problem with them in the third round. You know, if you have to, if you have to talk about this player, like worrying about like them signing a street free agent. I mean, is that is he really that it, talented? No, it has nothing to do with his talent. It has everything to do with that offensive line and the philosophy in Dallas. I mean, honestly, that's but yes, a street free agent could come <laughs> in and threaten him for playing time. But until that happens, I'm not going to be too concerned with taking him in the fifth round. I'm fine with that risk at this point. All right. I mean, it's July 21st. Who knows? But you got to make calculated decisions, and that's exactly what Chris Hammond did. And taking Randall as his third running back it was a good one, Dave. That pick sucked. Jeremy Macklin is the next pick off the board. I, I don't even mind Randall, actually, but I like to get you. Get me riled up. Well, you said you, I mean, I told you I needed you to kind of get me going tonight. Yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, this has been a little bit of a grind the last three nights. And He's thank, got two kids. Yeah, thank God we don't have to do six of these right in a row. Uh, uh, you know, I'm very thankful for that. We get a little bit of a respite um wednesday and thursday off but then we're back in the gatorade studios on friday doing our normal show which is going to be a lot of fun but thank god that's only an hour we don't have I, to... i'm sure the guys on sirius xm really can care less the guys in sirius xm little, little, little sirius xm get breaks okay we don't that's get right. breaks we just do this straight through to go potty um i don't even, don't even mention <laughs> it right now uh vincent jackson the pick after macklin to george sabins and now we do see another tight end go off the board in the fifth round and it's zach Ertz. Todd Hallam's really hurting those guys at the 10, 11, 12 spot. Yep. Uh, Todd Gurley goes to, and that's a shrewd pick uh, by him too, knowing mm -hmm. yep. that none of those guys had tight ends. He gets his second one. This is his second tight end to pair with Travis Kelsey, and Todd Gurley goes the pick after that to Dan Hendrickson. So uh, let's uh, let's go to the uh, phone lines right now, and uh, we're going to take a call. I believe, is this Bob Lung that we're talking to right now? How would you know? It is. What's happening, guys? Great job, Bob. Long. Pick number. Thank you, you very much for that. No, I'm not a stalker. I just, I just uh, happened to uh, to know Bob's phone number. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, but Bob was picking from the number one spot tonight. Uh, you ended up. You, you actually emailed me earlier today and said you were torn on Antonio Brown versus Rob Gronkowski. What was uh, what? What finally made up your mind that you're going to go with Brown at the 101? I think just because he's so consistent, obviously, and that's kind of why the website. Um, but 
for 32 straight games, he's been consistent. Um, from the last two years, he's been perfect in my system. Um, and so I realize this is a total points accumulation, but he also scored 382 points last year in that system. Um, you know, the other guys are, are, are a little bit behind. I just feel like he's just such an easy pick. You talked about the warm and fuzzy. You take Antonio Brown, you don't have to worry about it. Uh, you take Gronkowski, you worry about, does he party too much in Vegas and hurt his arm? Does he, you know, get caught with strippers? You know, there's those kind of things. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but <laughs> but I had but I had to go with a little bit more certain pick there, and, and I went with Brown. Yeah, it's, it's certainly uh, Brown and Gronk is the decision that uh, I think a lot of people have been uh, making at the 101. Some people going with Brown, some people with going with Gronk. I, I don't know if there's a wrong answer at this point, but Brown's certainly the safer of the two. Let's talk about I, Justin Forsett. To be honest with you, if if Le'Veon doesn't have the suspension, I would have went Le'Veon Bell. That, oh, that yeah, been yeah. Um, yeah, and, and I agree. But really, I mean, I, I was actually torn also about taking Bell and hoping – that he got his suspension re- reduced before the season started, but uh, I wasn't too sure about that. So again, I went I went a little bit safer. Your number one running back then ended up being Justin Forsett at the two twelve. We saw Jake Seeley on Sunday night take him in the mid second, and Dave uh, has been saying like, "Look, Forsett is going to start crawling up draft boards, and he is starting to." I mean, second round. I I I don't know if I've seen it happen before the pros versus Joe's. Now I've seen it twice. You were talking a little bit about Justin Forsett in the in the chat room. Talk a little bit about right. why you like that pick for for you there. Last- well, last season, Justin Forsett was number eight in total points and ranked ninth in consistency at 81%. Um, to get him as the 12th running back off the board at the end of the second round when I already have a very consistent Antonio Brown was just a, such an easy pick for me. Uh, you know, it, it, I had to do that. And then knowing that I would had the turn, so, you know, the best ro- wide receiver available at that point was T.Y. Hilton. Uh, again, very consistent last year, put up a lot of points – um, and now has somebody on the other side of him in Andre Johnson. Uh, and I laughed because I almost picked Andre Johnson instead of Brandon Marshall. But I thought, can I really afford to have two Colts on my team? But I thought about <laughs> it a lot and then went with Marshall just because somebody's got to catch the ball. Um, you know, Brandon has bragged about how he went to the Jets because of Geno. So I think Geno's going to be looking at him a lot. I could see him getting a lot of catches this year. Um, maybe not a lot of touchdowns, but in a PPR format, uh, I'm okay with that as as, as my as my uh, second or my third receiver, and then got Bennett because he was the best tight end available. Um, you know, at that point, you know, scored 260 points last year. Um, like you said, probably the best, definitely the next guy off the board when you're looking at your your, your after your first four, that big four you were talking about. You know, and I'm with you too. I mean, to consider Brandon Marshall and Andre Johnson at that spot, two guys who, you know, probably will not be scoring a ton of touchdowns this year. I shouldn't say that about Andre Johnson, but just in the past, he hasn't yeah, he might, caught a yeah. lot. I'm with you. I just, I, I tend to look away from how many touchdowns is a receiver scoring. I tend to look at targets and catches. Uh, and, and that's why I don't mind taking guys like Cooks and Edelman and, and Jarvis Landry and, and guys like that. Uh, are are mm-hmm. you of the same belief that that the targets and catches are are a much more important thing to look at rather than how good is the team and how much are they going to be in the red zone and targeting this player in the red zone? I don't look at targets as much because I, I focus so much of mine on the past consistency of the player. 
um, one of the guys um, that you mentioned is somebody I might be drafting probably in the next couple of rounds. Um, but uh, because of his consistent late, late consistency late last season, um, you know, right now as we're heading down the stretch here, I got to look for maybe another running back. But uh, there's some that I like that I think still could get later. So I'm kind of just just watching the board. I mean, we're at 6:06. So, uh, but uh, yeah, I. I I, do, I just look at how consistent they were the year before or some trends near the end of the year. Um, you know, guys that maybe had four or six quality games late in the season shows me that that person, that receiver and that quarterback were starting to gel and now come into this season look like they could be, you know, certainly a good uh, continue that success as they go through the year. Um, so like I said, it'll be interesting to see, um, and how that all falls out. So, hey Bob, let me ask you a question about wide receivers. And since you're part of FFConsistency.com, you've been talking about it a lot. How far does a player like Torrey Smith or Deshaun Jackson have to fall for you to say, you know what? Fine, I'll take him. Um, you know, Torrey Smith, not so much. Um, you know, he. I don't think his. I don't think the system he's going to is changing much. Um, you know, the 49ers are kind of like, I think, the Ravens in that they've always focused on running first. I mean, they've got a big power back in Hyde. Um, you know, they've got Reggie Bush uh, to compliment him. So, you know, I really believe that um, Torrey Smith going to that team with a, with a gunslinger like Kaepernick, I think will do just as well there as he did in uh, Baltimore, and he was, I think, a wide receiver, too. I want to say he was ranked 26th, 29th, um, you know, or, or close to a wide receiver, too, maybe 23rd. So, you know, if I can get him as my wide receiver, I mean, now if I drafted Torrey Smith, he'd be my wide receiver four. I'm perfectly fine with that, even if I draft was- him in the sixth round, which I'm not. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, uh, I'm okay with that um, because I think, again, in this league where you're trying to get as much depth um, – for guys to have breakout games, I think Torrey Smith will have some huge games. Um, when teams, you know, when teams focus on Torrey Smith, then you got Anquan Bolden on the other side to offset that. So I think he's in a much better situation than he was last year in Baltimore. I mean, Steve Smith started out hot and was really taking some pressure off him, but then it kind of just uh, fell off the board from there. So, um, hey Bob, you're on the clock, right. buddy. Do you want do you want to walk I us through that. that picks? Tell us about these picks okay. right here. Give us your. So thinking. here's what I'm looking at. So right now I'm sitting here looking at um, some decent running backs, and, and the one that I like that I'm going to go with at this spot uh, is Shane Vereen. I think he's going to be a, a good producing running back in New York. Um, I think he's going to kind of push uh, uh, Rashard Jennings out of, out of the way. I think he's a better receiver, and I think in a PPR format, um, that's kind of what I'm thinking about going. Um, but I'm kicking around whether I go him or Danny Woodhead, who's proven that he's a much better receiver and is really a favorite of, yeah, I think I talked myself out of Shane Vereen, and I'm going to go uh, uh, Danny what? Woodhead here. Um, just because 2013, Danny Woodhead is like 70% consistent. So I'm going to go with that, and I'm going to draft Danny Woodhead. Danny do, you, do, you, do you know how many Woodhead. bench press reps Vereen had at the combine? I don't know how many. 28. Bench. Is that good? I don't really know if for a running back. I don't even know if it matters. Oh, yeah. But it's a lot. I just want to know how many and passes then, he's getting to the Giants backfield. And then coming Bob, back, um, 
I'm going to go uh, Drew Brees um, because I'm just afraid that the quarterback run is going to start, and by the time it ends, it's going to be too late on the next. By the time he gets back to me, uh, as much as I like Peyton Manning, I think that his his time has come. I think he's slowly falling off. Uh, Roethlisberger is too inconsistent. Matt Ryan, I'm not too sure of. I really like Drew Brees, so I'm going to add Drew Brees to this team, and Looking good. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good with that. There they are. Woodhead's Woodhead probably being drafted a little bit sooner than he may have in some of the other drafts, but I just like him uh, in that in that role. Should catch a lot of passes this year. Bob, we're talking with Bob Lung from FFConsistency.com. Bob, tell us a little bit, because you weren't in pros versus Joe's last year, but you were added to the to the to the squadron of pros this year. The dossier. <laughs> yes, you you've uh, you've been crushing it at FFConsistency.com. You got got the notice from Darren Armani. So <laughs> So you've uh, like what the hell is this email? You're you're among the elite. Fine, I'll do it in this uh, in this draft. Tell us a little bit uh, and the listeners all about ffconsistency.com. Well, basically, I've been playing fantasy football since 1985, um, and 2002 was when I kind of uh, was I had a number of years in a row where I was one of the top scorers team wise, but I was missing the playoffs, and so I'm a CPA by trade. And so my number crunching um, head kicked in and I started, um, you know, looking at what, what happened that year in those years that I wasn't making the playoffs, but I was scoring a lot of points. And obviously what I found out was I had a very inconsistent uh, group of players on my team that would score a lot of points one week, score very little the next. Um, and so I basically, with spreadsheets, my brother-in-law was a visual basic guy, programmer, and we put together a system that you can see on FF Consistency where you can input your own scoring method, figure out who the most consistent players were in your league in that scoring method. And since 2002, I've been writing the articles, uh, providing the reports, um, and now wrote my own book that you can get on so-called fantasyexperts.com. And it's basically a fantasy football magazine, but everything is about consistency. There's nothing about regular stats. I mean, there's points but you won't see how many touchdowns they threw. You won't. You just see how they scored, how consistent they were, and why I'm promoting those kind of guys like a Justin Forsett, um, you know, or uh, Danny Woodhead, or, or one of those kind of players, and why I like them and how I can get good value out of them um, in, in these kind of leagues. Now, this one, because it's a cumulative points, a little bit different because I'm not playing head-to-head. Um, so consistencies, while it's still a little bit involved, it's not as much involved as I would be if I was playing in, in a straight head-to-head league. That's a little bit about it. Hey, Bob. So, Bob, can you, you can't buy your book on, like, Amazon. You have to go to fantasyexperts.com? So-called fantasyexperts.com. Yes. So-called fantasyexperts.com. Actually, you can go to Amazon, but it's more expensive there because, um, you know, they take half your money. Uh, <laughs> so you can get a PDF <laughs> version. Um, Those jerks. But if you guys want, um, email me at bob at ffconsistency.com, and I'll send you guys a free copy. That way you guys can hey, do that's, it. And then if you want me to Bob, come on, we can talk more about it. I, I pay full price. So <laughs> you know what, Bob? I don't. So I will email you. <laughs> okay. Just, hey, Bob, you, you will. Thank you. <laughs> you can follow Bob on Twitter at Bob underscore long. You can check out his book at so-called fantasyexperts.com and check out ffconsistency.com. A lot of good stuff there. He wasn't added to the pros versus Joe's by accident. Uh, so Bob, I want to thank you for uh, joining the show tonight and I wish you the yeah. best of luck uh, in the remaining part of the draft, man. All right, man. Thanks guys. Thanks for having me on.
Bob Lung from ffconsistency.com. Been playing fantasy football since I was six years old. You know, Bob could probably go and uh, he could probably turn out three or four tax returns between now and his next pick. You he, think that's that's uh, yeah, he's got, he's got like he wants, 18 picks. Yeah, that's how he wants to spend his time. Yeah, he's the draft. probably doing tax returns. Can we uh, so by the way, great interview. Thanks for calling in, Bob. We, we really appreciate that. Love that when we could get the guys on the turn to make two picks on yeah, air. That yeah, was that great. Was nice. And the fact that he was ready to take Vereen and then he talks himself, himself out of it to get Woodhead uh, because of the consistency factor. I like that when you're ffconsistency.com, yeah, and then you ah, oh, you know, he, he lives it, baby. We couldn't have scripted it any better. <laughs> <laughs> that is if we didn't already script it. So anyway, we left off uh, in the fifth round, Dave, uh, with the Zacherts pick to uh, Shane Hallam. I'm going to kind of fly through uh, the next two rounds. But Todd Gurley, Jason Witten, and Rashad Jennings end that fifth round. Gurley starting uh, to fall uh, as opposed to where he was being drafted the last two nights. Gurley goes to Dan, uh, Dan Hendrickson as his number three running back at the 5'10". See, at that point, I, I can – I can get on board with, with being girly being drafted there. It's just, man, when he's going on the third or fourth round with, with all, we talked about how many receivers we liked in the fourth round. He went in the fourth round last night. He might've gone earlier than that. I think, didn't he go in the third round on Sunday? You know, yeah. Girly in the third round. And when there's that many good, there's a lot of good receivers going in that third, like that three, four, even like, you know, again, you see Andre Johnson, the fifth, even Tate, you know, like after, well, whatever, I'm not going to get totally into it, but, um, yeah, Gurley, I think in the fifth, that makes sense. But in the third, fourth turn like that, that's early. I'm, I'm just looking at the board right now, Dave. Six receivers taken in the first round. Six receivers taken in the uh, – no, it's five in the third. I'm just looking at five in the third. Right. And then we have uh, six receivers taken in the sixth round. So there's your pockets of receivers, the receiver runs, uh, as we see them develop tonight. Sammy Watkins and Deshaun Jackson uh, going to James Duggan and uh, Chris Prince to lead things off, respectively, in the sixth round. Julius Thomas gets peppered in there as the first tight end for Dan Hendrickson. And then Martavis Bryant, Brandon LaFell, Allen Robinson, and Amari Cooper. You a little surprised Allen Robinson fell to the mid-six? I mean, he's been going pretty consistently in fifth in, in the fifth round, even in the football guys' drafts, and, 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 and that's where I've been seeing him go. I'm a little surprised to see him slip tonight. Yeah, that's. I mean, it's a – Given his normal ADP now, as it, you know, has gone from the tenth to the fifth, it's a little bit of a value for Robinson. Um, and I, I also noticing you're seeing that from round, you know, the the players eight through twelve, it's a little bit more receiver-heavy teams actually. When you look at the overall teams, they have, they have more of those yellow stickers. You know, I'm, I'm also, still calling them stickers, even though even those. Oh, people quality. know what you're talking about. You know, what I'm really excited uh, to see, and and me. Uh, I love to give a, a round of applause to George Sabins for actually respecting Brandon LaFell. He goes as the he finishes as the wide receiver 22 last year. He actually is drafted as the wide receiver 27 tonight. So big props to nice. him. I don't think I would have taken him over uh, Allen Robinson at that point, but I certainly get it, you know, why why he was taken there. So Good, good job, uh, George Sabins. Let's start the free LaFell movement here on the high stakes fantasy football. <laughs> free LaFell. Free Amari uh, Cooper is the pick after Allen Robinson to Chris Hammond. And then Russell Wilson, Joyke Bell, Jordan Cameron uh, are the next three picks in the sixth round. To finish off the sixth round, of course, we heard Danny Woodhead go to Bob Long. Pick before that was Doug Martin. Anybody straight stand out uh, in that round to you, Dave? I think. Uh, I know Shane Hallam was hoping Sammy Watkins would fall to him at the 604. Uh, he goes at the 601, and Martavis Bryant goes to Shane. But to me, you know, that's the, the sixth round seems like all those guys make sense there. 
I wouldn't say there's any reaches. Allen Robinson maybe was was the one guy who fell a little bit, but that's pretty normal round, I would say. Yeah, it seems logical. Uh, would Joey Bell want to get ahead of a duel by about five or six picks? But uh, yeah, sports seems, seems good to me. Sports betting man chiming in in the chat room. I wonder if a league started with a wide receiver run, would other teams reach for their wide receiver later, and the running backs might fall back to the early slots? That's interesting. Well, why don't you uh, put together a league of people who would do that for you? Who would start off the the uh, draft with just a bunch of receivers? Yeah. How how would you do that? Like, I think Fix you'd have you'd have to do it like those those the dynasty leagues I used to be in that that you're still in, where you start one one or two running backs and then three or four wide receivers. If you could, if there was a league where you could start yeah. just one running back and then four receivers, receivers boy, fly. In wow. I'm in a 14 team where you only have to start one running back. You get a flex. But then you start – it's just two receivers, but then you can also flex the right. third. So really, as long as you have one, like, uber good running back, you don't even care. You know, but I like, remember the, the the year I won Pirate Swag that I was playing Eddie Lacy as my only running back, and then I was starting Antonio Brown, Stevie Johnson, Deshaun Jackson. Is that the year you won and then you yeah. quit? Yeah, I went out on top. You, dude, you're it. terrible. Oh, fine. I, that's, the wor- that's the worst. Is it – was it – Listen, that's like winning. That's no, like winning on, a huge hand in poker, and then you like you're like, okay. hey guys, I got I got to go home. I got to hey, bail. What's guys, oh, is it is it is it midnight already? Oh, let me I, let me ask I you this. Let me ask you this. As the head of the FFPC Dynasty Leagues, would you rather a team win it all and sell his championship team at full price, or should I be the type of guy who just train wrecks his team and then you have to sell it to? You know, a bargain bottom price. I was looking out for the good of the league. Oh, were you? I knew myself, and were I knew that fact? that team was only going down. Or did at your that wife point. hassle you and say she didn't hassle? Eric, me. I chose. We got the two grand. Get out. Your your impression of my wife is absolutely uncanny. <laughs> Just un- absolutely uncanny. We uh, have a child on the way. Uh, Another uh, one. Yeah. Well, we don't. For anybody wondering. Uh, anyway, so that was a six round. I meant it that time. Let's pick it up at the 701. We heard uh, Bob Long take Drew Brees and then Amir Abdullah and Nelson Agolar. Agolar? Aguilar <laughs> we go, can't figure goes it out. at the 703. Shane Vereen is the pick after that at the 704. And then we see Delaney Walker, Jarvis Landry, and Peyton Manning as the fifth quarterback off the board. He going to Darren Armani uh, at the 707. Isaiah Kroll and Tevin Coleman. Go with the picks right after Manning. And then to finish off the seventh round, Mike Wallace, Chris Ivory, and Josh Hill. I don't know what it is. Every time I see the Josh Hill sticker on the board, I always think Jonah Hill. <laughs> like, he's, he's, like, wow, there's a player named Jonah Hill. He's fat, and then he got skinny. Well, then now he's fat again. Oh, that's so – it's just terrible. This is so <laughs> depressing. Did you see him when he looked – when he got real thin after Moneyball? Yeah. He looked like he was about 30 years older. That, Older. That, oh yeah, Usually big people time. People look younger when they get leaner. See, I don't think so. Really? I, oh no, no, no. I mean, like I would say, like large people, um, it's it's difficult to kind of tell their age. You know, that's been my experience. Yeah. But man, when when know. you're when you're big and you lose, like, I mean, how much weight did Jonah Hill? Well, I mean, it's, part, it's probably because of loose skin with the person, like right? Because his face, gets right. So like, yeah. And he did look really old. Looks a little gaunt. Yeah, he looked very gaunt. Well, luckily he looks younger again because he's chubbed up. That's the good part. <laughs> Silver lining. Good for Josh Hill. Josh Hill goes. Oh, wait, Jonah uh, Hill. Whatever. Whatever the jo- Jonah Hill is. Who that's we're splitting time about. in uh, in the Saints. So Amir Abdullah. Okay, let's let's hold off on talking about him. Um, Jarvis Landry to me again. He's. 
I think Allen Robinson normally goes in the fifth. I think Jarvis Landry normally goes in the sixth, and they both fall around tonight each. Yeah. So that was interesting. LaFell did move move quite a bit uh, up, oh. as well he should, for God's sake. Uh, Tevin Coleman goes off the board in the uh, in the seventh round as well, and then we see Mike Wallace. So a lot of those battleground um, decisions that fantasy owners have to make. So this is the first time Mike Wallace goes before. Uh, I the don't. Other person. I don't know if that's true because I, this, th I think it happened last night. No, no. Or was it, it was Sunday like, night? It was like eighteen picks last. I night. guess it doesn't matter because they were one pick after the other on Sunday night. Yeah, I thought last night it was a lot. Of I picks. think you're right. Yeah, I think you're right. See, it's just it's getting to me now. The the tiredness, yeah. it's just it's it's awful. Uh what do you make of Chris Ivory? It's like you have to do watch and platoon or something. Right. Like, you, know, you have to watch out for the Vietnam Viet Cong. <laughs> right. Victor Charlie, whatever it is. <laughs> I tried to say something that didn't well, anyway, it wasn't offensive. Let's move on. Chris Ivory at the seven eleven. What do you think of that pick? You know, it's tough for me to get excited about Chris Ivory. I don't think he's a big talent. I think the offense sucks. So <laughs> sorry. What do you want me to say? I mean, it's it's on. There's well, not a whole lot to get excited. He's a about. starting running back in the seventh round. No, you know I agree. I, that's fine. But it's just the 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 fact that he's playing on a less than stellar offense. The fact that he's not a pedigreed back that right. trumps the whole start. But well, you know, I'd I like will to say, ask Chris Prince. I'd like to ask him what his salary was. <laughs> what Chris Ivory's salary was? Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's what it was. Maybe it was a salary. Pick. He's cheap. He was like, a, he was a min player. Oh yeah, FFPC has him real uh, real cheap this week. So I had to get him <laughs> in the seventh round. So maybe you could you could be right there. I actually like who he took at the 802 better in the Garrett Blunt. In the DE format, you know, I actually it's fine. Chris Ivory is fine. The Garrett Blunt's fine because those guys are going to have some good weeks. How about that turn for James Duggan at the uh, at the 12 here between the seventh and eighth picks uh, or seventh and eighth rounds? Josh Hill and Kyle Rudolph. He gets two tight ends right there. I like that. I mean, I'm I'm not really a huge fan of Josh Hill. But to the fact when, you know, the tight ends are really starting going off the board and we saw that second tier of tight ends just get gobbled up like turkey on Thanksgiving, yeah. uh, pun intended, um, then you might as well just get two of them right away. So you're kind of you're feeling at least a little safer at the position if you're only taking one. So I really like that turn there. Can I tell you a quick story about Kyle Rudolph? And I, I did a start, startup dynasty league this year. And I, I, I took Austin Safari and Jenkins probably a couple rounds too early. It took him like the seventh round, right? Mm -hmm. So then it was like the 16th round, and I, I I took Kyle Rudolph and Tim Connolly, you know, the devaunted Tim Connolly runs right. all these dynasty leagues. He was right after T Boner. Me. He's like, damn it, you took Rudolph on me. Right. Like, and, and there's nothing better than snaking a guy in the 16th round, Bonky. Yeah. I was, and so now I now love Kyle Rudolph. <laughs> because of that? Yeah, just because of that. I, don't, okay. I didn't really like him that much. So before. remember we were talking about doing this trade in uh, Carrington yeah. for uh, Abdullah and Watkins. Yeah, do you own Rudolph? I own Rudolph. We so might have to do a deal. We got some building blocks All right, now. let's go. So we'll we'll figure it out. Uh, LeGarrette Blount, I already touched on that. I like that pick at the 802 for Chris Prince. And then Matt Ryan is the 803 as Dan Hendrickson's starting quarterback. Bishop Sankey is the 804 to Shane Hallam and DraftTV.com. The smart guys are taking Sankey, Bulky. What do you think of that? Um, yeah, I <laughs> I mean, it's not like I was stumping for Cobb there. I mean, Sankey's the starter, but I just, you know, again, we talked about how I'm staying away from Titans. I'm staying yeah, away from Browns. It's, it's yeah. tough for me to get excited about Roto, that. Roto World did have a blurb. Probably my our buddy, my buddy, Evan Silva. He our probably had a, had a blurb that uh, – that Sankey's going to be the week one starter, which is really funny because it's like, you know, he's the incumbent. Mm -hmm. Like, that's like a big deal. Like, that's right. newsworthy. 
So that's it. Well, okay. Uh, you know, it's not like I hate the pick because he is a starting running back, and I just made that same argument for Chris Prince. Going, Chris Prince, Chris Ivory going. Uh, you know, five, five picks uh, before that to Chris Prince. Uh, so I'm not gonna. You're getting a starting running back in the eighth round. I, I it's it's hard for me to rip on that. Currently a starting running back. Kobe Fleener, Dave. At the 805 to George Saban. Sigmund Bloom wouldn't like this pick because he liked Dwayne Allen a lot better. He Dwayne did Allen like, yeah. went higher than Fleener last uh, last night. Who did Dwayne Allen room with at Clemson when he was in college? No, Dwayne Allen did go about four picks later. Right. I have no idea. Well, how would I know that? Because I know Kobe Fleener roomed with his quarterback <laughs> in college. That's funny. Good question. And with uh, with Andrew Luck. So I, I you know, I'm Fleener and Allen to me. I, I just I feel like I'm going to stay away from those positions or those those uh, Colts because there's unless it's Andre Johnson I don't know if I'm drafting uh, eh, maybe Frank Gore. You know, like no, because I mean look where he's, he's going. Look where he's going. Like the 301. I'd rather I'd rather have Jeffrey. I might rather have Mike Evans there. I might even rather have Brandon Cooks if we really wanted to get nuts. You know, you know what's an interesting question though about the Colts offense because you know Luck's going to throw a ton of touchdowns. Is who? is the red zone guy on the Colts. Fleener can't really catch. <laughs> Dwayne Allen can't really stay healthy. Yeah. Andre Johnson has never caught touchdowns, mm -hmm. and T.Y. Hilton's a shrimp. Okay. So who is it? Yeah, I'm going to tell you who it is. Here's what Gore? I here's no, 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 no. Here's what I would do. I'd take Gore off the field right. when you get in the red zone. All right. No threat of the run boom, whatsoever. Boom no, no, no. You don't have a running back. It's All an right. empty set. All okay. Right. You get Andre Johnson, you get T.Y. Hilton. Okay, you get those guys out there. You get Allen and Fleener out there. You throw Dante Moncrief out to the way up. Yeah, You're like, oh, just Moncrief. make somebody cover Moncrief. Yeah, who, I mean, He's not, we're not going to throw to him. Obviously. Anybody, okay? Yeah. So there's no threat of the run. Yeah. And that's when you call the Andrew Luck draw. <laughs> and Luck has sets a career high with 12 rushing touchdowns. Nice. Yeah, We've seen right. him run, man. He yeah. can do it. Yeah, that's true. So that's that's Andrew Luck. I'm down with The him. red zone threat in Indy this year. <laughs> As called by Eric Balkman of the High Stakes Fantasy. But football. that is an interesting. I know you make fun of it, but that's an interesting question. I mean, like, there has to be someone who's going to get 10 touchdowns. Well, I would assume it who's would. Who's going to get the 10? You think one guy is going to get 10 no. touchdowns? Well, okay, look, who is for sure going to get 10 touchdowns on that offense? I don't know if you can say for sure anybody is. Well, that's a problem. Well, it's not a problem. You don't draft any of them. <laughs> I guess. I'll, listen, and, and I'm drafting Andre Johnson for the catches, I'm not drafting him for okay, the touchdowns. Fair Come for the catches, stay for the touchdowns. It's just weird that a 6'5", 240-pound guy, he's the 20-20 to 20 guy, like gets your 20, you know, from the 20-yard line to the other 20-yard line. Yeah. Now let's find Hilton. Let's find the little shrimpy dude. Yeah. Well, Hilton, Hilton's not going to be a red zone. I mean, I... There's got to be someone. Someone has to be a red zone guy. I would imagine well, that... Gonna be, is it going to be Gorley and Nissen running? No, no. When they do throw it, I think Allen and Fleener are going to get a lot of red zone looks. That's my opinion. All right. Thanks for actually giving an analysis. Ryan Matthews, you're welcome. Ryan Matthews is the pick after Kobe Fleener. Still like that pick. I can't remember exactly where he went last night, but I know it was late, and I can't remember if it was past this, but I'm still on board with Ryan Matthews in the eighth round. Yeah, you like him. Uh, Tyler Eifert's the pick after that, followed by Larry Fitzgerald. A sports betting man said in the chat that we should come up with different shots to drink when a Cardinals receiver gets selected. <laughs> That's fun. So he also, well, I'll I'll bring this up we, when we need some names so, for the some shots. of the other guys get selected. They're all going to involve grenadine. We know that, which is the unfortunate part of that. <laughs> is there a shot with a word Phoenix in it? You know, because Fitz is the big advocate of University of Phoenix probably, online. Probably something like Dark he's, Phoenix. Or... He's getting his degree from the University of Phoenix online. I feel like you've been saying that for years. How long does it take him to get his degree? It's not like know, he, I don't, I don't know he never went it? to class at Pittsburgh. Or that's where he went, right? Pitt? Fitz? Um, Fitz went, Fitz went a, to Pitt. 
Um, fifth, I don't know how long his ad deal is with uh, UP, uh, oh, University of Phoenix. <laughs> is that what they call it? <laughs> I don't know. Hey, where'd you get your degree? Oh, I went to UPO. See, or actually, UPO went to me. Since <laughs> <laughs> he never has to leave his kitchen or wherever, his bedroom. <laughs> You know, well, I, I took my test on my mobile today. I was at the bowling alley. Yeah. Which got to be. You could probably do that in some classes <laughs> normally right now. Uh, after Dwayne Allen, Charles Johnson, Torrey Smith, and Owen Daniels round out the eighth round. So uh, Owen Daniels is the second tight end to uh, Bob Lung. That's that's a little bit higher than than what we've seen uh, Daniels go, but not, not too much. What I do appreciate about Bob Lung's team, and uh, he mentioned this, like when he took Danny Woodhead, he's like, yeah. This might be a little bit early. I love the consistency, so I'm going to get him. Yeah. And then Owen Daniels, maybe it's a little bit early, but he went out and got him. He is getting his guys, Dave. I love and that strategy. It's uh, patented by me. <laughs> Look it up in the U.S. Patent Office. I have the patent on the slogan, get your guys. Uh, and anytime you hear it, I get a royalty. <laughs> you should actually. I do. Um, Charles Johnson goes at the uh, 810. Mike Wallace goes at the uh, 710. So that that is the separation, definitely further right. apart than they were Sunday, much closer together than they were last night. I think what we're finding out is fantasy players are still undecided on those Vikings receivers. Did you ever read those articles where everyone, you know, the the person's like, it's you know usually poorly written, and they're like, oh, you know, these guys are getting drafted pretty close. So I'll just take the guy that goes later. Right. Yeah, we talked about you know Matt, Matt Waldman said that oh. about these well, two Vikings on, receivers. I'm not ripping on Waldman. I'm that was kidding. good because that was did not sound anything like him. <laughs> well, in this particular case, maybe that's what I would do. So actually, for once, I, I might go along with that. Yeah, I mean, right now, I would agree with that. But yeah. I, I got to see these guys in preseason a little bit more with Bridgewater. Um, my, I have to see what Evan Sola has to say about it. My, exactly. My inkling <laughs> is to to – shift towards Johnson because, you know, I've said I like the receptions more than the touchdowns. And I think Mike Wallace has always sort of been like a touchdown dependent type player. Uh, so I would probably lean towards Johnson, but Wallace definitely is the more pedigreed of the two. So. Wallace reminds me a little bit of that dude on ballers. The guy with the slot receiver who's gotten in trouble. Who got uh, cut or whatever. Yeah. I got cut by the Packers. Yeah. And now he's on the Dolphins. Right. Yeah. Seemed a little bit troubled. He, you know what? Yeah, he's never gotten. Okay. He's never gotten a real. I don't know Mike Wallace personally. I own a Mike Wallace Steelers jersey. To preface what I'm about <laughs> to say, Mike Wallace does not seem as cool as that guy on ball. Yeah, that dude is really cool. Um, yeah. And Mike Wallace probably is a cool guy, but yeah. whatever. So that's the eighth round, Dave. Uh, the ninth round was uh, led off by Bob Lung's Reggie Bush selection at the 901, Big Ben at the 902, and Devontae Freeman at the 903. So let's look at this uh, again. The Falcons, this is, I feel like this is, if we were like CNN or Fox and this is election night, we would have the the graphic come on of like battleground, you know, where they, <laughs> they show the, the graphic of the state coming right at you. You know, this is a battleground state, a battleground uh, matchup between uh, Coleman and Freeman, and it's Ben Coleman, and it's Coleman again tonight. Coleman goes at the 709 to Draft TV's Shane Hallam, and Devontae Freeman goes at the 903 to Jay Myers Dynasty Football Warehouse team. I believe you are on the Devontae Freeman side of this. Yeah, I mean, I actually like Coleman as a player better, but I think because but the value. Freeman is so cheap. Right. Yeah. And by the way, if I was going to watch those channels, I'm not a big fan of Fox, but I would watch Fox because they're the – they're the channel where they're going to run the more crazy, hyped up, just 
whatever, just weird stuff, right? right. Yeah. So that I remember, the, like when Iraq, when the United States first went into Iraq, mm-hmm. I watched Fox because it was so good. Because yeah. they're just like they're launching the initial attacks in Iraq. Boom! And they were they were just going nuts, and CNN was reporting like facts. I had I was at a few years ago. I was at a comedy club, and there was a comedian that came on stage, and he was he was pretty funny. And then he made a joke about watching something on Fox News, and then he said, "I don't know if y'all watch Fox News, (laughs) but they have a tendency to exaggerate a little bit." And I started laughing. Nobody else laughed. I was the only one laughing. Just tells the audience. Comedian even looked at me. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, at least you two connected. I don't really follow. I don't get big into politics, but I'll tell you what, man. I, I always go over to my parents' house election, election night. night. Yeah. Oh, Fox, my God. Right? It, Watch Fox. No, we flip around. We always yeah, like. I, I think Fox is the best. I am completely entertained yeah. by election night. Every single. Oh, my God. It is it's, so much fun. It's great. I don't care what sports are on that night. I'm watching election cover. It's great, you know. It's and and I don't really have a working knowledge of it, but it's still entertaining to me. Yeah. So. I want some money betting on a bunch of stuff with. Anyway, the 538 blog, but that dude. Nate Silver? Yeah. yeah it's good. He, he lost like nothing last year. Smart guy. Well, that, two years ago. So Devontae Freeman goes to the 903. Marcus Colston, Roddy White, and Victor Cruz, three guys that were going much, much higher the last couple of years, all go at the 904, 905, and 906. Antonio Gates and his four-game suspension go to Darren Armani at the 907 as his second tight end. Matt Stafford and then Trey Mason to Shane Hallam's draft tv franchise uh he gets him as his number four running back and then to finish off the ninth round michael floyd to dan hendrickson eric decker to chris prince and cameron newton to james duggan at the 912 i wonder if dilly bars was like screw you shane hallam because he took mason right in front of him with Gurley. yeah but i mean you yeah potentially because i don't think he would have you you definitely wanted to get a number three receiver and and, and a quarterback before yeah, you're looking for your fourth. number four running back. That was just that would be, no, but I'm saying I'm fourth. saying for Dan had take had the opportunity to take him in but the Wallace seventh or eighth. Wallace was his three though, so or his third, or his third receiver. Yeah, yeah. I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I get what you're saying. Let's go uh, back to the phone lines here on the high stakes fantasy football hour. You are on the air with Dave and Balky. Hey, it's Shane Howell from DraftTV.com. How's it going, guys? Shane, so good to hear from you tonight. Very excited to uh, to have you in the pros versus Joe's uh, once again. You actually did a little bit of scouting. I noticed you in the uh, in the chat room last night for the uh, Wizenator draft. Cheating? Yeah, he's not cheating. You're that was free to everybody. Anybody could have gone in. Um, what about that draft helped you prepare uh, for tonight? Is there anything that uh, that uh, you really took from last night's draft as you're drafting your squad? Absolutely. I think looking at the last two drafts and, and trying to formulate kind of a uh, small sample size ADP was what I tried to do and seeing, well, who can I target in this round and this round? It might be there. There are a couple times in this draft guys went much earlier than they have the last two nights and, and that hurt me a little bit. But I think it also let me uh, wait on a couple guys that I wanted that I may have taken around too early had I not been looking at those. So that was the big thing, that and the running back run. Uh, I knew it was going to happen. So I think you just have to be mentally prepared for that and how you're going to handle it. Now, Shane, you know, if you ever heard, you've heard of the, the term confidence bias, right? Um, I, yeah. I love Bishop Sankey last year. I still like him this year. And you took him kind of early in the eighth round. So I want you to sell me 
on Sankey, even though I already like him. So I want you to tell me what I it'll love an, about Sankey it'll already. Be, it'll be an easy sale. Sean. Yeah. So can, give me the confidence bias. Give me, tell me about Sankey. Uh, it, it's tough because I took him last year, I think, in the pros versus Joe's in like the third or fourth round. So that worked out real well for <laughs> me. Um, but I go back. I go back to the well again for the value. You know, I, I was planning on taking him about a round later um, in the ninth, but I didn't want to risk losing him. The, the chance to get a starting running back in the eighth round is so few and far between. It's so difficult picking from these guys of uh, someone that could play 16 games of starting running back. For Bishop Sankey, I mean, pro football focus had him rated as a top 24 running back in terms of his NFL play. So that's an RB2. I think he can do that. I think it was more the Titans sucking than Bishop Sankey sucking. And I hope that Marcus Mariota and Doriel Green-Beckham, maybe the offensive line develops a little more. Uh, I think I think he was in the, the top 15 of NFL running backs in terms of missed tackles. So he did a lot of good oh, nice. things last year, even without the good stat line. And I think he could be primed for – uh, everyone just kind of sleeping on him because he stunk and all these rookie running backs were, you know, halfway decent. Uh, I think he's going to be good this year. Dave, I know you want to bring something else up, but I will piggyback on that uh, uh, breaking tackles comment. That was one of the knocks on Sankey in college was that he couldn't, you know, really break tackles all that well. So for him to do, you know, show that he could not only uh, consistently, but well as a rookie, I think is another feather in his cap as you look uh, towards him having a bounce back sophomore season. Go ahead, my friend. Well, my one other point about Sankey is that Wizenhunt is a whack job. <laughs> That's not, yeah. It's more of a point of Wizenhunt. Right? Hey, tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> you're crickets. I, I can't no tell you you're wrong. You say about Wizenhunt because he's a whack job. He's an idiot. Didn't he say something to the effect of like uh, something about his feet last year or something? Yay! Like he didn't have good footwork. Yeah, or... he to, you know, he's got to get his footwork in, in order. Right. It's week seven. <laughs> Dude. I mean, come on, just throw him in there. Who cares? Your team sucks. Shane, let's move past Sankey. I want to talk about your Zach Ertz pick that you uh, selected at the 509. Did you notice that uh, that none of when, when you made that selection that the 10-11 team, 10-11-12 teams did not have a tight end? So you wanted to go ahead and secure sort of an upper echelon guy in, in Ertz, uh, definitely a top six guy in draft so far this year. How much of that was a motivation for you to take him there? It was, it was a really big motivation, actually, because I think there's a big drop-off, as you said, after those top six tight ends. I already had Kelsey, so I didn't really need anyone. But it was for me, it's between Zach Ertz and Martavis Bryant. And looking at the next three teams without a tight end, I figured I might be able to get Martavis Bryant in the next round. There's no way I'm getting Zach Ertz there. And I think I was right seeing Jason Witten and Julius Thomas go off the board in that fifth to sixth turn. And then I got Bryant in the sixth. So I, I thought that was that was one of the best things that happened to me was seeing those how those teams were composed and how my team was composed. I could snake maybe two top, uh, maybe top five tight ends in Travis Kelsey and Zach Ertz and not really have to worry about the position until the late rounds. If you were the judge in the Coleman v. Freeman trial, you're definitely siding with uh, Tevin Coleman, it looks like, as you choose him at the uh, 709. Freeman ends up going at the 903. So why do you believe that Coleman is the back to own in Atlanta this year? Mostly because I think Devonta Freeman sucks. I think that's Yeah, all right. <laughs> I love it. Dude, we should hang out more often, Shane. Yeah, that's, that's part it's a very I mean like I'm a Florida State guy and I don't think I've ever come out and said that Freeman sucks, but I don't know if I've ever said anything good about him since he got drafted either. What what type of I mean is is could Coleman be a top fifteen running back this year? Or is that asking too much for him uh, in that offense as a rookie? 
I, I think he could. I think he has the talent, the physical talent too. I don't think he's quite ready for that. But really, the, the thing that sold me on Tevin Coleman, I had him very high pre-draft of what he could be. Uh, but Kyle Shanahan, I mean, he's had such success with backs. He was part of handpicking Tevin Coleman uh, very early in the NFL draft, uh, higher than he really has been a part of picking a running back before. And we, we've seen what he's done with Arian Foster. We see what he did with, with Alfred Morris. Uh, I, I think this with Tevin Coleman, it could be exceptional. It, it, I think he fits that system much better than a lot of people think. And I, I, if Tevin Coleman is so explosive, he could have those big games. I think he'll have some quiet games for a best ball format. This is the type of running back that you really want. You know, I think that's interesting. I think that when you look at when new coordinators or new general managers or there's a coaching change, you know, just like with Cleveland, you go from one system to another or one one offensive mind to another. Um, it really you, you look at the incumbent running backs, especially if they're not like guys like Adrian Peterson. And you just say it has to flash danger signs. I mean, I look at Isaiah Crowell. I look at Terrence West and I, just with Cleveland. I'm like, well, Duke Johnson, this is the guy that the new guys drafted. Is that, do you feel the same way? I do. And it doesn't always work out that way. It's kind of funny. I think looking back, sometimes we, we make a little too much of that, but I think it's important if I was taking over a team and had a guy that I was kind of stuck with. And so I go out and draft someone that I wanted I think it'd be tough not to play them. Uh, and no matter what happens, I think, you know, even if they weren't doing well in camp, you'd kind of lean. I, I know the talent, this guy fits me. So I, I, I think that plays a part. And I think Atlanta should have still, even with how bad they've been, a lot of scoring opportunities that Tevin Coleman can make. Shane Hallam from DraftTV.com joining us uh, on the show tonight. Shane, uh, what's great about your site is I don't know what everybody else does uh, for work out there, but most of it is a lot of reading for many of us. And you, uh, God bless your soul, have taken that into account. You uh, have... Um, Bucky loves the video. You, you've squared your website away for people who maybe are sick of reading, but still want good fantasy analysis. Tell the listeners about drafttv.com. That's, that's what I do at drafttv.com is I'm, I don't like to read a whole lot either. You know, I write articles for other sites and draft TV. I do the video analysis. So last year I had a whole video breaking down my pros versus Joe's draft and team. I'll do that again this year. Uh, so you get insight into the drafts that I've done. You get insight into the NFL draft and the guys that I've scouted. And, and that, that's really my goal. So I hope people will, uh, will check it out for sure. And Shane, last question before we let you go. I, I screwed up. I should have asked you this later, but you actually just made a pick uh, in the uh, in in the eleventh round here, which our YouTubers are are seeing right now, and you listen to me, it, yeah, yeah. So take us through the Duke Johnson selection here in the eleventh round is your dude. That's a steal as your number five running back. That, that's that was, it was the value. I really didn't want to take a fifth running back this early, but I figure with my top three receivers, I could take the chance. Uh, I saw Duke Johnson's name sitting there on the board. I was pretty surprised. I'm not even the biggest Duke Johnson fan. I prefer to stay away from the Cleveland Browns for the most part. But um, he's he's another guy like Tevin Coleman, super explosive. If if each of those guys just have big games different weeks, I, I think it can help me take down the title here. Yeah, you're you're carving out some uh, some pretty good picks here. I like Beckham, C.J. Anderson, Kelsey. Uh, Ryan Tannehill in the 10th. Uh, you got a lot of good selections here. So keep up the good work, man. Thank you uh, so much for calling in. We certainly appreciate it. We'll all follow you on Twitter at Shane P. Hallam. We'll check out drafttv.com as well. Shane, best of luck to you in this draft and all of your drafts this season as well, my friend. 
Well, well, thanks, guys. I love the show, and make sure you tell Rob that I'll, I'll kick his ass in the 500 number one this year. Uh, <laughs> That's right, Rob. He's in the league this year. Smirking. Did you guys trade? Wait, before you go, are yeah. you still here? Yeah, he's still on. Yeah. Hey, Ashina, have you traded with Robbie at all? Robbie's like a he's like the hardest trader in the world. He always wants like a great great trade, right? Yeah, like I, mean, he, I could never make a trade with him. I like make a tr- make a trade. He counters with the, with the most ridiculous stuff in the world. So I, <laughs> yeah, I and then he always, he always complains to me that he gets bad offers. <laughs> he's the worst, right? <laughs> I, I can't do it. I stopped trying like a year ago. So we're about to give up on him as a producer. <laughs> He's smirking right now. So, uh, all right, Shane, we'll, we'll, we'll try to, uh, we'll try to weaken the enamel, the trade enamel of, of, of uh, mutual friend and producer Rob here for you. Good luck in that dynasty league, man. Good luck this season. We'll talk to you again real soon. Thanks guys. Shane Hallam. You can follow him on Twitter at Shane P Hallam from DraftTV.com. His work is littered throughout the fantasy football industry. You're going to find it everywhere. A lot of good stuff. Um, sports really betting like- sports betting man just commented in the chat room. Shane Hallam knows his stuff, puts in the work. You know why he gets extra respect? Why? I mean, I'm not saying he doesn't know his stuff, but he gets a little extra respect for one one reason. Why do you, what do you think it is? Uh, he listens to our show. Nope, I just circled. Oh, you circle. Oh, because he has a middle initial? Because he uses oh, his he- middle. We all have a middle initial. Yeah, though. not everybody. I'm, I'm David Ager, Zach. Yeah. I, I don't. He uses Shane P. Helmet. He gets a little more respect. What's the A stand for? I can't repeat it. On oh him. come on! It's uh, Alan. A L L. You can repeat that on the air. <laughs> I was gonna say. I don't. I don't like using my middle initial. Shane P. Helmet. You get more. Yeah, respect it is good. That. I we. I think it, you've it, commented it, on this before. It flows well. Yeah, it does. It does flow All right, well. Go back to the draft. All right. So anyway, uh, thanks uh, Shane for calling, and we we really appreciate that. A lot of good knowledge there. I'm trying to remember where we left off, and I believe it was the end of the ninth round with Cam Newton. Now, Michael yep. Floyd also went in, in the ninth round. I don't know if we can – I mean, that would be a shot if we were playing Lance Turvis's uh, drinking game yep. uh, with, with Floyd going there. Can we uh, now agree that Ted Schuster botched his pick of McFadden? Yeah. Because McFadden went in the 11th round last night. Okay. Here's my question to you, though. What happens if McFadden ends up rushing for thirteen hundred yards and ten touchdowns well, and catching thirty-five <laughs> passes? Then, then is it a botched pick? No, then he's a genius. And then he's a genius. So I don't think we can say he botched the pick yet. <laughs> he took him like three rounds too early, but, but he did take him three rounds later <laughs> than than uh, Rick Wolf and Glenn Colton took him in the FSTA experts <laughs> you know, draft. Whatever. But the point though is that if he could have taken McFadden in the eighth, let's say I mean you don't know one hundred percent for sure, but I mean let's say an eighty-five percent chance. You just you gotta let it go. But you know, Dave, you if, let you, it fall if you are a you big take the shot, if you're a big believer and you are certain that there is a big season in store for McFadden, which I'm not, but I've been with that with like that with players before. I don't, I can't, I, I can't concentrate until he's on my roster. Like I just get too nervous. <laughs> That's your own thing, I, dude. Okay, well, fine, but th- then I don't mind taking him early. To now, nah, I don't know if I take him that early, but I get it. I certainly understand the philosophy behind it. I don't. You don't. That's well, fine. If, if you, again, if you have an 85% chance of getting him in the eighth round, why do you have a 100% chance of taking him in the fifth round? You know, I don't know if you're looking at getting an 85% chance in, in the eighth round. Maybe you're looking at like, okay, 15 times out of 100, I'm not getting him here in the eighth round. <laughs> well, I don't, I, don't, I don't agree with that. You're, you're analytical. I, you have to, you have to I, I think you have to realize that sometimes you're going to be wrong in general. And even if you totally love a player, you cannot possibly get him on every single team. You know, and if, if, you, if you miss on a guy that you just absolutely love because someone else was dumber than you and took him way too early, you have to just let it go. It's okay. 
But I'm not saying right. you can still reach a round. You can go a one round or maybe a round and a half earlier. That's fine. But I mean, you go five rounds earlier. I mean, come on. Well, okay. I, I mean, I get it, and and the rational part of me is agreeing with you, but the emotional side of me, your, your I, heart, I, I understand. I understand the the reasoning behind it. So Darren McFadden goes with the first pick of the tenth round to James Duggan, and then uh, quite a few quarterbacks going in the tenth round here, here Dave. Here we go. Uh, Tony Romo, Ryan Tannehill, Tom Brady, Eli Manning, Philip Rivers, and Colin Kaepernick all going in the tenth round. Uh, Bob Butterfield, the host of the KFFSC All-Purpose Roto podcast, he's uh, playing in the FFPC main event. He's got two teams this year. He actually um, is is hoping that they delay the Brady suspension uh, <laughs> appeal, like decision. Bob Butterfield, not Bo- Chad. Not Chad, Bob okay. Butterfield. Yeah. Um, he's hoping they delay that decision because he's enjoying picking him up so late <laughs> in all these slow sats. He's like, I just want to, let's just another week, just give me another week where I can get Brady in like, yeah. and he's drafting him like the ninth or 10th all the time. And he's like, as soon as they lift that suspension, man, it's going to shoot up like four rounds and he's going to be so ticked off. I heard Goodall's in the Cayman Islands. This is great. Yeah. For he's just, on he, vacation. He's collecting all these Brady shares. Wearing SPF 1000. I'm a big fan of, every quarterback in that round except Kaepernick and I don't really dislike him you know oh, what I, I mean actually, I like Kaepernick I, I think that he has a good baseline because he's gonna get rushing yards right and I think he, you know he's got Torrey Smith which helps he's got Bolin I think he's fine I think he'll do well this year I uh I, I mean I, I see a value at tight end actually this round 10th round you don't see a value I do see a value yeah Safarian Jenkins I in think the Safarian Jenkins yeah. is a great pick in the I agree round. and you know what let let's uh let's keep underrating Heath Miller as we have for the last half decade because I'm fine with him going in the tenth round. He's like a Mister Five for Fifty every week, five for fifty. Which every in the I'll may, I made this joke on Sunday, five for fifty for a tight end in the FFPC worth twenty three points. Yeah, you know Heath Miller, in, in, I have him in like two or three dynasty leagues, and he's always like, if it's a twenty two man roster, he's like the twenty second guy in my team. I'm always like figuring out a way to keep him, but yet cut him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I have one. I have been one league where it's a point and a half. It's like FPC, right. and I'm like, I gotta keep Heath Miller. I hate him. Whatever. Well, it's one of those things where it's like you don't mind cutting him because it's like, well, who's really gonna pick? No him one up? cares. Yeah, but you then know. someone will pick him up in waivers uh, if they're having a bye week or something. Yeah, for like yeah. Eight bucks. yeah. You know what's interesting about this round? Uh, two receivers and one running back in the tenth. That's it. <laughs> Pierre Garcon and Kendall Wright, and then Darren McFadden uh, is the other selection. Larry Donnell, Safarian Jenkins, and Heath Miller all going in the tenth as well. So that was kind of an interesting round to see that. Who would you rather have this year, Kendall Wright or Pierre Garcon? You know, I've never been a big Kendall Wright fan, and I have been. But you're going to go with Kendall Wright? I'm going to go with Kendall. Wright. I see. I'd rather go with Pierre Garcon. And the reason I'm going with Kendall Wright is because. You know, with the whole Justin Hunter thing, and he's a complete yeah, bust. Yeah. He sucks. He's terrible. Give me Kendall Wright. I'll take him. He's, just, you know, he's he's like the older Jarvis Landry. You know, he's like 10 yards and whatever. Yeah, I uh, I don't know, man. I, I think Garcon is in for a bounce back year this year. We've already seen Washington come out and say, like, look, we need to get Garcon more involved in the offense. We want to get him more targets. Remember that one year? Was that 2013 where he was the most targeted receiver in the NFL? Yeah, that one year, like two years ago, just blew blew up. I mean, he was having a a, a fantastic year. So I think that, uh, and, and to me, Kendall Wright. Look, I've had him on several teams the last couple of years, and I just still washing the taste out of my mouth. <laughs> it, it's he wasn't that, two years ago. Fun. He was good. Yeah, I mean, he was a. Uh, he, pretty, I guess, pretty, I get. Pretty good. I think the thing I had a problem with two years ago was he kind of faltered down the stretch in the championship round when I really needed him to do well, and he oh, didn't. But oh. he helped me get 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 me there. So. 
Yeah, you got you a good third place finish for a hundred dollars. Whatever it was. <laughs> uh, the eleventh round, Dave, the return of the running backs and receivers. We have one tight end going this round. One, or excuse me, two tight ends and one quarterback. The rest are all backs and receivers. We talked about this pocket of receivers uh, in the uh, in the show last night. We see it present itself one round later tonight. John Brown to Davis Ronnie, Steve Smith to Jorge Rios, Anquan Bolden to John Paulson, Devontae Adams to Chris Hammond. Percy Harvin to Darren Armani and Ruben Randall to Dan Hendricks. Like and that uber, is uber value. All, yeah, all in the 11th round. I'm not a huge fan of the uh, Harvin selection, but everybody knows my proclivity to being anti bills this year. So that other than that, I mean, I, I can get on board with any of those guys in the 11th round. Really, really sick value. Yes, especially Bolden. Yeah. I mean, just he's a WR2 every year, Balky. Yep. Ladarius Green and Charles Clay are the two tight ends uh, being selected in that round. And then Dan Heron, and we already talked about Duke Johnson, and Darren Sproles are the running backs uh, selected in that uh, in that round. Duke as Johnson's well. been going in the seventh, eighth round. In really good value yeah, there. That's, yeah, that's really, nice. really good value, especially if he ends up being a three down back for Cleveland. Yeah. I mean, you look at Shane, and we're going to get into the team construction in, in, in about six minutes here. But um, you look at all those guys he's got on his team. Trey Mason is, is is going to get. He's going to be a starting running back at least. You know, six for the, or seven weeks, probably. Yeah, uh, Bishop Sankey, starting running back. Tevin at least Col for at least one one to two weeks. Right. Yeah. Tevin Coleman, uh, many expect to be a starting running back uh, all season. He'd be nice. If he's a guy that could emerge if Mason ends up losing his job to Gurley, which you, you can't say for sure that's going to happen. Gurley could actually get redshirted. Um, yep. But Coleman's the guy who could emerge once Gurley starts coming up. And then you have C.J. Anderson, Dave, who could be the number one running back overall, all you know, leading the the running back core for DraftTV.com. So good job by Shane on those running backs. Twelfth round, Dave. Let's move on and talk about the twelfth round. Kenny Stills, Devontae Parker, a couple of Dolphins receivers going off the board. And then you have the old Stevie Johnson, followed by the new Brashad Perriman and Kevin White in the twelfth round. Uh, the running backs going this round, uh, again, a bunch of young guys and one old guy. David Johnson, David Cobb, Charles Sims, and Fred Jackson. Carson Palmer, Sam Bradford going off the board. Sam Bradford, the third quarterback for Bob Lung there uh, at the last pick of the 12th round. And Vernon Davis backing up Rob Gronkowski for tight end uh, on Davis Ronnie's squad. So I don't know if any picks really stand out to me in that round. Um Stevie Johnson, I guess I'll just comment that I, I continue to see his star rise. He's he's flying up boards, man. You know, I'm paying it. I'll just say this, Balky. I've been off Stevie Johnson, but I'm paying attention. What a do you lot, mean? A lot of the high stakes guys love. Oh, Stevie they're starting. Yeah, you're, they've been they've been chatting him up. Yeah, talking about him. Everyone's. I tried to dog on Stevie Johnson in the chat on our Friday show, and these yeah. guys were defending him like like he was. They were dating him, and they were like <laughs> going out. With, hey, you know, he's not that ugly. Right, he's pretty good looking. I'm like, yeah, he hasn't, you know, he hasn't had more than like five or six touchdowns in three years. He hasn't had a thousand yards and whatever. Oh yeah, blah 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 blah. So I'm listening to Stevie Johnson. I might actually draft him in a few weeks. The way the twelfth round shook out, James Duggan took Kenny Stills at twelve oh one. Devontae Parker went to Shane Hallam at the twelve oh four. Which Dolphins receiver, if uh, if I'm going to pose, uh, take Jarvis Landry out of it, which Dolphins receiver would you rather have between Stills and Parker? I would take Devontae Parker uh, all day long. And I think Devontae Parker is an elite, elite talent. I think he was fantastic at Louisville. Uh, he came off an injury and now he's coming off the other, you know, the same type of issue. I think he, he's supposed to be fine. But I mean, Stills is okay, but Parker, 
They took him so early. Mm-hmm. They have to play him as much as they can play him. They're going to play him. I think he's a fantastic player. He actually was doing really well. I think in some of the mini camps, actually, they were talking him up. More quarterbacks and tight ends are the story in uh, round 13 as well. We're at the last pick of, uh, of round 13 here, uh, and we have three quarterbacks, excuse me, four quarterbacks and three tight ends going off the board. We'll just go pick by pick. Marvin Jones, squad. Then Eric Ebron to Davis, Ronnie. Jordan Reed to Dynasty Football Warehouse. Joe Flacco, Jarek McKinnon are the next two picks after that. We get rookie from Minnesota, Max Williams, the new Ravens tight end to Chris Hammond. Nile Davis and Alfred Blue, a couple of handcuffs there, um, one helping. Jarek McKinnon was a handcuff as well for four for four. Yeah, and uh, Nile Davis obviously helps out Jamal Charles. Uh, you know, he's the cuff there, and, and Fantasy Mojo has Charles. Alfred Blue um, went to George Savings. He doesn't have Arian Foster, though, so he's just – you know, doing what I think talking to high stakes players out there, many of them are ignoring who they have as their stud running back and just going for whatever handcuff looks attractive to them, regardless of who they own. So I, I'm a big fan, though, of taking specifically McKinnon and Nile Davis. I think they're both elite players in waiting. You know, they're the whatever you would say the you know, the bridesmaids that are just waiting to get right. to get in there. And if you have Charles and Peterson, I think they're worth going an extra, even two rounds earlier. And mm-hmm. that's what these guys did. And I, I really like both of the, those moves. Uh, after Alfred Blue, three quarterbacks, Jameis Winston, Jay Cutler, and Andy Dalton, and then Michael Rivera, a tight end to finish it off as the third tight end for James Duggan. So that is the uh, first 13 rounds, ladies and gentlemen. It's uh, – boy, is it just me or does it seem like there's a lot of quarterbacks off the board? Blake Bortles, the first – pick of the 14th round too no you're right this this draft has had more qbs go and it's thanks to our buddy bob long over there at the one spot taking his third one right away what do we got bucky's doing sorry i'm Bucky's just count, counting i'm counting the quarterbacks 20 fill time 22 quarterbacks off the board Yikes. here in the you first might, you, 13 picks and one 13 you know, rounds the, and one pick for the first time all uh all all week or these three drafts, we might have a geno sighting while we're still in the air I didn't think we were going to have a Bortles sighting, but we've, we've so already either. had that at the 1401. So that, that was interesting. And it it's it seems to me, and again, I know this is FFPC, but it seems to me that there's a lot of tight ends gone too. I'm seeing a lot of pink and purple on this board or blue and red, whatever they're supposed to be. <laughs> That's stupid color scheme for the FFPC. <laughs> Just another thing that the Fantasy Football Players Championship continues to get wrong we suck. year after year. Yeah, we suck at a lot. Really ridiculous. Uh, but no, seriously, there is a lot of uh, of tight ends uh, selected as well. We lead off the 14th round here. Uh, the aforementioned Blake Bortles going to James Duggan. Chris Prince takes Cody Latimer. Jared Cook is the next pick to Dan Hendrickson. Monte Ball and Jay Ajayi. Uh, and that brings us up to where we're currently at. But Monte Ball, another one of those... Uh, Sleeper young running backs to Shane Hallam and then uh, Jay Ajayi, a very similar mold uh, to George Sabin. So that is interesting as well to see uh, Shane stockpiling those running backs. With, with CJ Anderson, though. So that makes a lot of sense. Although he's leaving himself a little bit on the weak tip at a uh, wide receiver. On the weak tip? Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, he did He did love his three receivers, and you were just fawning all over Devontae Parker as well. Yeah, I wasn't fawning over Martavis, Martavius. No, but I'm gonna but, call him Martavius the whole. Don't season. do that because that's just gonna irritate me if you do that. Please don't. What? Don't call him Martavius. <laughs> yeah, I mean if if no, you for sure. if you honestly believe that his name was Martavius, then I'd I'd be fine with it. But you're just doing it to aggravate me. The added you. Yeah, the added you. Which you remember last night you were talking about Nelson Sousa and 
and uh, his first five picks, and you're like, oh, it's it's been kind of he's gotten pockets of value, you know, with with the Aaron Rodgers selection and and Travis Kelsey and, and whoever it was, and uh, I thought that would be a good Kentucky team name. Pockets of value. pockets of value, <laughs> right. like or mad pockets of val value, something like that. It doesn't really fit our. Uh, well, then our, don't do it. I no, don't. I'll put it no, don't put it on the list if it doesn't fit what we're doing. Well, it's usually we're trying to find offensive stuff to say this inside jokes. Speaking of offensive stuff, Terrence Williams playing on the <laughs> playing on the offense for Dallas. You and I have talked about how we don't like him, and I, you know, we're not alone because as he's being driven down draft boards for whatever reason, it seems like he gets taken later and later every time we talk about him. So now, Dave, he goes to FantasyMojo.com's Darren Armani here at the. Who hasn't had the guts to call us. at the fourteen oh six pick, Dave? Yeah. Would you take Terrence Williams at the fourteen oh six pick, or is that still too early? Is, is he prices right where you're getting cheaper? Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm trying to find out where at what point in the draft that he's officially on your board where you would select him. Yeah, I would. You know, I don't know the next five or six picks. I would consider him there. I'm not a big Doug Baldwin guy, so whatever. I'm sorry. I'm oh, just... wait. Oh, the Seahawks defense just won? Oh, man. You didn't see it yet, but boy, if I could have taken a defense in front of Terrence Williams, I'm all over it. I was just counting up the tight ends. You <laughs> want to take a guess at how many tight ends have been selected uh, 20, halfway through the 14th round? 21. 28. Holy smokes. 28 tight ends off the board, 22 lot. quarterbacks off the board, and one defense so far. Nice. So that yeah. is the tabulation. I would consider Terrence Williams in the 14th, but I, I, I bet in the next like 20 picks, I'll find some other receivers. I've, I feel I like, like in this format, I'd have to take Terrence Williams in the 14th. He's the number two receiver on a Scott Linhan offense that only targets number one receivers. Done. That, and he's shown a penchant for making the big play where Tony Rowe has put him in the position. He's been in the position where Tony Rowe is run-based offense. It's not last a, year, it's not a run-based la, offense. last year it was run-based. You can't listen. You can't just be like, oh, Joseph Randall's your boy, blah, 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 blah. And then be like, oh, yeah, it's a run-based off. Like, you can't have it both ways. You can't hate Randall and have wanting nothing to do with Terrence Williams. Why not? Because it doesn't work that way. That's not, what if, how, what if, that's not how football what if, works. What if it like McFadden and does? What if I well, think I'm, Dallas I'm sucks? sure you like that. What if that. I think Romo's an idiot and he's going to hurt his back and I don't want to okay. have anything to do with Dallas? Do you think that? No, not necessarily. Okay. But- if I you, actually, I, okay, I, you know who listen, I really like? Obviously, Dallas. I'd rather have Des Bryant than I, Terrence I really Williams. Like, you know, I think Des Bryant is really good. <laughs> you know, he's got this big contract. He's, I think he's going to get a lot of targets. I think he's a good player. So was he a steal at the 108 <laughs> tonight, Dave, to George a, Sabins? That was a great value for Sabins at the 108. Let, we, have, uh, we have just about uh, – 27 minutes left. And no one with the guts to call him. So we're, we've, we're had, we've already heard from Bob Long and Shane Helm. Don't say nobody had the guts. Well, to I mean, call. no other out of the 10 guys. Let's start looking at these uh, at these teams, Dave, and the construction of them. And we'll start with Team 12. So because I don't know why we start from the end and work our way up, but that's what we've been doing. James Duggan, the running backs: Lamar Miller, Rashad Jennings, Darren McFadden, and Dan Heron. The receivers: Calvin Johnson, Jordy Nelson, Kelvin Benjamin, Sammy Watkins, Kenny Stills. The tight ends, Josh Hill, Kyle Rudolph, Michael Rivera, and the quarterbacks, Cam Newton and Blake Bortles. I think that um, the receivers are strong to quite strong. <laughs> I, uh, I think the running backs are – It's just a, they it's leave a, a great quote. It's some to meet right. the parents, right? The running backs and tight ends to me leave – How's leave, your portfolio there, Greg? <laughs> the running backs and tight ends leave a little bit to be desired for me. I, I worry about the depth there. You know, I – 
Yeah, I mean, the running backs are more, more of my concern than the tight ends. I think Josh Hill, as much as I dog on him, I think he might be kind of semi-okay. I'm hoping Rudolph stays healthy because I'm a big fan in the 16th round of my dynasty league. But, I mean, Lamar Miller is your number one. And then Rashad Jennings, you, you still have question marks there. McFadden is, as of right now, considered the backup, and so is Dan Haran. I think that's where uh, he's going to struggle a little bit as that running back, especially once the bye weeks hit. I think it's going to be a problem. Well, what won't be a problem is taking this next phone call, Dave. You baited somebody All else into, right. into calling Thanks, in. Sucker. Let's uh, put him on the air. Go ahead, caller. You're on the air with Dave and Balky. Hey, guys. Darren Armani, how you doing? All uh, right. Thanks, Darren, Darren Armani, the godfather of the pros versus Joe. You bail us out of talking to each other. <laughs> uh, Darren, uh, <laughs> listen, once again, uh, I'll just verbally tell you, thank you so much for all the uh, tireless effort you put into this. Uh, I really am a big fan of the the names and the graphics of the leagues that you put together <laughs> That's this year. True, actually, very it's fun, very very cool, very very good decision. And uh, you're drafting tonight, where uh, we, we we've been talking about your team uh, tonight. Your strategy going in, how's it played out? What do you think of your team as we uh, hit round fifteen here? It's uh, not too bad. I got uh, I got some guys in suspension, but if uh, once they come back, I should be. Uh, in good shape getting them at a discount so i think uh i think we'll do all right um this uh, this Kinda chris like hammond guy sniping me though pissing me off who did who's, who's uh, chris hammond he keeps taking my guys that that brad bastard <laughs> what <laughs> what guys did you get sniped on by chris hammond tonight he took uh jarvis landry joseph randall and Devontae adams so oh, yeah. that's a lot. And and three guys that uh, that that I definitely like uh, for sure. You went with the Cook Spiller combo uh, in the third and fourth round. We we we've seen that happen multiple times already. A uh, lot of catches uh, between those two Saints this year. Uh, so you had to be pretty happy to get Cooks in the third and Spiller in the fourth. Yeah, there's going to be tons of receptions. Um, and I was hoping to take Breeze, but I was surprised Bob Long took him so early. Uh, at the seventh, and I could have stacked them all. So it didn't happen, though. But yeah, Breeze has uh, fallen ball game in the eighth. Yeah, uh, so the, the other pick. The, Someone the, talk. Yeah, sorry, Darren. <laughs> the the other pick too that uh, that we really liked was uh, Allen Robinson. Getting him in the sixth round as your third wide receiver, I think that could be very very good. And Peyton Manning, you know, is as. I know you were targeting Breeze there, but we've seen Peyton Manning go as the third quarterback sometimes off the board, but usually the fourth, and, and you get him as the fifth quarterback off the board in the seventh round. I think those first seven – well, I already talked about how much I like the Matthews pick too. So really those first eight picks, even though you got sniped, I, I think that that is a really strong core uh, to compete for uh, for the title in this league. Yeah, and, and I mean, people got to remember in, in this league, only one person wins. So you, you got to swing for the fences. You, you either, you know, if you don't win, you're, you know, you're you're losing. Um, so you can't. <laughs> it's it's not like it's in a regular DE. You know, it's paying out three to four places. If you don't get first, then you basically, you know, you're out of luck. And the last couple of years, I've been kind of hanging around you know, the top three for most of the season, then in the, in the end, like, you know, I kind of fall apart. So um, taking a few more chances than usual this year. And you do have uh, the benefit of uh, of being a, a vet in this format and uh, knowing uh, 
you know what what it takes uh, to to win this, which is uh, which is always uh, which is always a, a a good way to uh, to prepare for these drafts every single year. Dave, go ahead. Well, actually, first of all, I'm going to ask you a question. But you're on the clock. You just took a player. Do you want to talk about that player at all? Uh, I just grabbed Theo Riddick. Um, so I've been grabbing him in a lot of drafts this year. I just I just think between uh, Joyke Bell and uh, Amir Abdullah. I mean. Somebody always ends up getting hurt in the Detroit backfield every year. So he's he's in the fifteenth round. He's he's a good fill in. I've only got he's my fifth back. So um, I think there'll be three or four weeks that he puts up uh, you know points up in the teens. So grab him there. Okay, so here's my real question. We, we you've watched the Cowboys play, and we we all know that Cole Beasley is better than Terrence Williams. But yet, you took Terrence Williams. I don't what, know what's we, the deal with that. I don't that? know if we all know that. Everyone knows that Cole Beasley is better than Terrence Williams. So to explain that to me. Well, you're not supposed to talk about guys that we haven't drafted yet. But uh, <laughs> He's coming up next, right? Great response. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I'd, looking at the, the points last year, I mean, it's, it's kind of a toss-up. But, you know, I'm not terribly excited to have – either one of them, but, um, you know, I, I went Williams. I, I kind of diversify um, as well. I'm, so I'm I've got Beasley. Yeah, I got Beasley <laughs> in a couple leagues. So he's not going to make or break the team. <laughs> <laughs> the, do you see the uh, – I think Rob uh, tweeted out or Facebooked out the Instagram video of Cole Beasley dunking a basketball. Really? Five foot eight, and he, he wow. threw it down. It was pretty cool. Check out our Facebook page uh, to, to see that. I know, hey, I know I've talked about it again, about Beasley, I was watching with Leroy. Right. When he was the, first, real, the real Leroy, the real Leroy of course. We were trying, he was just trying to make the team. It was preseason. And Leroy was just over because he had nothing to do, and neither did I. So he was just trying to make the team. And be, it was every, every catch. It was like, and Beasley, and Beasley. And he had like 11 catches. Then he went and puked. Right. They had like five more catches. It was amazing. So right. I've always been a Cole Beasley fan. I understand where we, we can't avoid talking about certain players that have not been selected, <laughs> but we're really taking it to another level here. Uh, Darren Armani from uh, FantasyMojo.com, uh, the organizer of the Pros versus Joes event every single year is, is on the phone with us. Darren, besides the Pros versus Joes on Fantasy Mojo's website, you have a, a, a quite a few other things on there as well. Can you tell the listeners a little bit about that? Uh, we got uh, – Utilities, it's, a lot of people are big into the MSL 10s this year, so we've got utilities to help colorize the, the draft grids there. They don't provide that um, if, you play, if you're playing season-long uh, MSL. Um, we've got league management tools to help you there. Um, and I'd be happy to do some of these same things for FFPC if you guys, if you open it up a little bit, then, uh, you know, we can help uh, the FFPC guys out too. Um, hey, uh, hey, Darren. Uh, we actually have an open API. Shoot me an email. It just, it just, oh, really? it just opened, baby. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Well, oh, there you no. go, Darren. All right. All right. I don't, I don't there know how any of this stuff. I barely know what API means. It's an applied program. <laughs> I, can, I, can I, can I be honest with you? First time I've ever logged onto YouTube before tonight. Just <laughs> it's the world hey. of, of funny videos. I'll send you the whole, uh, so whole thing there, uh, Darren. Sweet. All right. Sounds good. Um, so Darren, uh, we're. Uh, People can uh, p- people will check out your website fantasymojo.com for all the uh, utilities and tools that uh, you guys have there for people uh, playing season long. And you can also uh, follow Darren on Twitter at fantasymojo. Do me a favor and tweet Darren and uh, tell him how much you're enjoying Pros versus Joes uh, this season. We're having a blast broadcasting. It is 
our pleasure to do this every year, my friend. Good luck in the second half of uh, your draft tonight. And uh, seriously, thanks again for uh, for doing so much work for this event. Hey, no problem, guys. And good job, good job on the broadcast. You get a few days off before uh, you have to hit it again. So yeah. enjoy the yeah. time off there. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot for the phone call, Darren, man. We'll talk mm-hmm. to you soon. All right, guys. See you later. Hey, should we tease our uh, the league names for FFPC main event? I don't know if we want to do that. I think no. that's more of a fun uh, – I think that's a way to get more people to open the FFPC email. All right. So let's uh, – The Real Leroy came up with this. The Real Leroy came up with the way we're naming the FFPC leagues. In the past, we've had movie characters, rock bands, candy, salted snacks. <laughs> what else has there been? Uh, we did the first year we did like Caesar is, you know, like, oh, yeah, former emperors of Rome. Yeah, that was lame. That was the worst one of all. Right. It really was. That was before you came on board with the name, you know, like, as part of the strategy of it all. Yeah, before he had uh, access to my creative suckiness. <laughs> so we only had 15 that year. So it is good. I will say, when Leroy came up with this, I was like, my God, how have we not done this before? So it's going to be fun. And Mojo takes beat. Oh. I shouldn't go back to the. Did he really? He took. Hold on. He's on. Um, the, he hasn't taken him. He's yet. on the clock right now. What will he do <laughs> after taking Theo Riddick? I'm the, I'm the worst. Yep. I, I shouldn't have announced. You're him. not the worst. Dave. He took Beasley. All right. So Cole Beasley goes to fade. There it is. Nice Cole pick. Beasley. What a fantastic Mojo. selection! Oh, I love it. We, we baited him into it. I want to fly through these teams as much as we can, Dave. Uh, with with only 15 minutes left in the broadcast. So Chris Prince, uh, Marshawn Lynch, Frank Gore. Chris Ivory, LeGarrette Blount, David Johnson, Roy Hulu, uh, Julio Jones, Julian Edelman, Deshaun Jackson, Eric Decker, Cody Latimer, Michael Floyd, Jason Witten, Charles Clay, and Tony Romo and Andy Dalton are the quarterbacks. I'm a big fan of this squad. I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm a little concerned with the tight end depth, but you get Witten as your front end uh, tight end one. I, I can get on board with that given his stacks at the other positions. It seemed like he got value almost everywhere. Like Hilo, I mean, in the fifteenth round. I mean, what the hell happened there? I mean, that was crazy. Well, maybe. Latimer in the Latimer in the fourteenth. I mean, you know, I I do like this team a lot. And he did the smart thing. Like, I think it's a smart thing. You wait on quarterback. You don't take quarterback tight end both early. And even Witten was was uh, relatively late. So I like his team a lot, actually. Dan Hendrickson's Dilly Bar squad. Matt Ryan and Jay Cutler are the quarterbacks. Shady McCoy, Carlos Hyde, Todd Gurley. David Cobb, Ronnie Hillman, and then you have receivers Demarius Thomas, DeAndre Hopkins, Mike Wallace, Michael Floyd, Ruben Randall, Julius Thomas, Larry Donnell, and Jared Cook at tight end. I think that this squad is, to me, a little light in the receiver category for my liking, but the front three running backs I think could do damage as uh, as you hit the home stretch of the season. Um, and again, Julius Thomas has to come through uh, at tight end because uh, Larry Donnell and Jared Cook are the two backups. So I'm, I'm a little. This team does concern me a little bit, but Dan Hendrickson is a very talented player, and there's been plenty of times where I've, I've looked at his drafts and like, oh, I'm not sure I would have done that. Well, Dan Hendrickson's won a lot more money going with his picks than uh, than mine. Hendrickson's great. Um, I like I like Demarius Thomas. I like Hopkins. And then you have the next three wide receivers, Wallace, Floyd, and uh, Randall. I'd call those like the disappointers. I mean, they're the guys that have the big upside, the big potential, and they just haven't done a whole lot lately. But I, I actually think one of those or possibly if he actually needs two of the three to hit. If two of the three hit, he's in good shape. 
Shane Hallam, we've talked about this team quite a bit tonight. Yeah, ignore him. We've talked about it. Skip him. it? Okay. Yeah. We like it. We like the team. Yeah, good job. Yeah, okay. George Sabins. He'll uh, do a video about it. It's fine. <laughs> and DraftDB.com, which, by the way, did you see the YouTube link right here, right next to this? You have the 2014 draft analysis from Shane Hallam, that video <laughs> right there. Nice. Which is right next to it, so that's kind of cool. Uh, and then a Norm McDonald video, apparently yeah. too higher. And then uh, right above that, Aaron Rodgers' top 10 career Packers <laughs> games. <laughs> So a lot, a lot of interesting stuff. Thanks for there. the targeting, uh, Google. Yeah, George Sabins takes Matthew Stafford, Teddy Bridgewater, and Alex Smith as his quarterbacks. The running backs are Demarco Murray, Latavius Murray, Isaiah Murray, Crowell, <laughs> and uh, Alfred Blue, Jay Ajayi, Andre Williams, Des Bryant, Vincent Jackson, Brandon LaFell, Pierre Garcon, Stevie Johnson, and Kobe Fleener and Greg Olson are the two tight ends. Um, very super balanced. Team. Yeah, I was just so gonna balance was the first thing that came to mind. I mean, not not the sexiest guys in the world in LaFell, Crowell, Stevie Johnson, guys that by God get the job done. Yeah, no, I, I agree. You know, even Alex Smith, it's like everybody dogs on Alex Smith. Mm -hmm. He can run the ball. He's gonna he's gonna start for this team a couple of weeks this year. He will At, probably more than a couple. That's actually probably a value there. Uh, Darren, yeah, you know, Alfred Blue, Ajahi, Andre Williams. Yeah, those are, those are solid picks. Yep. Darren, uh, Darren Armani squad, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady. <laughs> Remember that Manning and Brady. Manning and Brady on the same team. That's Gotta love great. it. Charles Spiller, Ryan Matthews, Niall Davis, Theo Riddick at running back. Brandon Cooks, Jeremy Macklin, Allen Robinson, Percy Harvin, Bashad Perriman, Terrence Williams, Cole Beasley at the receiver, and Jimmy Graham and Antonio Gates at tight end. Dave, one of my favorites in this draft is Darren Armani squad. I worry about his receivers and I worry about his running backs as far as depth goes. I mean, once you get past Charles and Spiller, you have Matthews as a backup, Davis a backup, Riddick a backup, and then you have Brandon Cooks, Macklin who's on a team that doesn't throw to their wide receiver one, Allen Robinson who has to prove himself, Harvin who sucks, Perriman who's a rookie, Terrence Williams who sucks, and then Cole Beasley. So, I mean, I'm a little bit worried about the depth. Yeah, I guess you're more concerned with it. I just I think with all those receivers on there, it, it, he's going to have a lot of options week in and week out. I think, in my opinion, I think Spiller has a good year this year. So to me, Charles and Spiller's but floors he, he's are, a starter. are pretty high. What? Spiller? Spiller's he's in his number two. Right, and that's what I'm saying. Well, uh, okay, yeah, but Ryan Matthews, I've already talked about what a fan I am of his. Yeah, right. He has the Nile Davis handcuff. And then Theo Riddick, I mean, should be catching some passes. I bet he starts a couple of weeks this okay, year, too. Okay, so when, when Charles is on by, Spiller's the number one. Matthews may or may not be doing much of anything. Oh, he will be. <laughs> and that's my answer to your, your right, point that you're going to make Let's here. move on. <laughs> Chris Hammond, uh, who's been sniping picks from Darren tonight. The sniper. Aaron Rodgers and Eli Manning are the quarterbacks. In the backfield, Eddie Lacy, Arian Foster, Joseph Randall, Charles Sims. Uh, running, or excuse me, receivers, Jordan Matthews, Amari Cooper, Jarvis Landry, Victor Cruz, Devontae Adams, Doug Baldwin, and Tyler Eifert and Max Williams are the tight ends. So, Dave, I... I feel like if I was doing this, once I have that third running back, I'm going to make sure I get a fourth because it seems like the guys who draft three early kind of ignore the fourth one. And I, and I think that's what Chris did to address other positions like receiver and, and tight end and quarterback. Mm -hmm. um, and then the receivers, I'm not, I'm not a huge Victor Cruz guy this year. Uh, I've never been a big Doug Baldwin guy. And I worry about Max Williams struggling uh, as a rookie uh, in his first year. Obviously, a rookie is going to be in his first year. <laughs> um, you know, his running backs are great. I mean, his receivers, he's kind of flinging crap against the wall and trying to get two of them to start. Uh, really, he is, his team really is going to have to rely on Tyler Eifert coming into his third year, coming off injury, 
this is the year to prove it for Eifert. And I, I mean, the offense is set up for him. If he does, his team could be in good shape. If not, he's in trouble. Moving on to four for four squad. That's John Paulson, uh, Russell Wilson, and Robert Griffin are the quarterbacks. Adrian Peterson, Jeremy Hill, Andre Ellington, Alfred Morris, Jarek McKinnon, Matt Jones make up the running backs. The receivers are A.J. Green, Larry Fitzgerald, Roddy White, Anquan Bolden, Kevin White, and Doriel Green Beckham. And the tight ends, Delaney Walker and Austin Safarian Jenkins. I like this squad too, my friend. Running backs, maybe as deep as anybody in this draft. Well, not maybe, they are. And they might be the best of anybody in this draft. Uh, I think for not taking a second receiver till round eight, he did good to get Fitz, Roddy, Bolden, and Kevin White. And yeah, DJ, DGB in the in the 17th. Who knows what's going to happen with him with Hunter. Uh, Delaney Walker and ASJ are, are fine at tight end. I think I would have liked to see one more uh, tight end in there instead of that Seattle defense. But that's a personal preference thing for me. And, and I think Wilson's going to kill it this year. And I think Griffin's going to be solid as well. I, I really actually, I love this team. I do. Well, because it's got McKinnon. No, not, not because of that. His running backs are fantastic. And then he takes A.J. Green, so you have a rock-solid uh, wide receiver one. And he got him as a value in the second round. And then you take the geriatrics at wide receiver, Fitz, Roddy, Bolden. And then you go, it's like the something old, something new type of thing, like in a wedding. You take Kevin White and Doriel Green Beckham. Those are the guys that are as rookies are kind of value. He picked up a little value there. So if either of those guys do anything, that's great. They're just like bonuses. And then Delaney Walker and Safarian Jenkins, and you have to hope Safarian breaks out. I think his team is fantastic. I love it. Well, we could sit here and talk about this team, or we could actually go to the drafter himself. John Paulson, are wow. you on the line? I am on the line. How you guys doing? John, I was totally sweating his team. Yeah, here. no, it wasn't anything to do with that. John Paulson from 4for4.com. John, we were just praising your team. Are you as happy with it as we are? I am. I am pretty pleased with it. Yeah, I wasn't expecting to take four running backs in the first five rounds, um, but guys just kept falling. And then once I took Morris, I felt like I could I could get some old guys in the eighth, ninth, tenth, eleventh round, and that's exactly what happened. Yeah, I thought that was fantastic. Old guys always uh, continue to be undervalued uh, in these formats, and and to get Fitz, Roddy, and Bolden. Uh, to kind of and and that's the thing is you can start four running backs in this format if you only need two receivers to start you know more than likely you're going to have AJ starting most weeks and then you pepper in one of those other receivers in there and you got a solid team. Uh, what do you think about the Safarian Jenkins breakout uh, this year? Are are we due for a top ten tight end season from him or is that asking a little bit too much, John? Well, uh, with him, I was kind of looking at this draft and you know how how quickly the tight ends go and you know, he, he's got a ADP in the 11th round and I got him in the 10th. So I feel really good about that. I also think Keith Miller was a good pick. He's giving me my fallback if, if I didn't get uh, ASJ there, but he's a starter and um, you know, t- tight ends, rookie tight ends typically don't do very well, but they have typically do better in the second year. He's got a quarterback upgrade. Um, he's not going to see double coverage or anything with Mike Evans and Vincent Jackson there. So I do think, that's a team that could also trail a lot and throw quite a bit. So I do think he's got a got a chance to produce, especially in this uh, tight end premium format. What about uh, the other pick? I'll, I'll talk a, a little bit about Delaney Walker. I've already talked about how I'm I'm not really excited about any Titans this year. But if there is one that I would take, it would probably be Walker. Do you think uh, he can continue what he did in the first half of last season again in 2015 and be uh, the type of you know? 
foundation building block tight end that you can count in week in count on week in and week out? Yeah, I think he's great. I mean, I have him as my number six or seven tight end in PPR format. So I was definitely targeting him in this draft when these guys all started flying off the board. I was hoping I could get him uh, there in the seventh and he, uh, he slipped to me. So I was, I was very pleased to get him. I think with a quarterback upgrade there, lots of catches another, again, another team that's going to trail. Uh, he's going to, he's going to produce in this format. John, tell the uh, listeners a little bit about four for four.com for uh, those of uh, those of the listeners that are not familiar with it. Well, we do, we're a fantasy football information site. We do uh, full projections every week. Um, uh, we have award-winning projections. I won the 2014 most accurate uh, expert from fantasy pros. I also won in 2010. I had two more uh, top five finishes in the last five years. Uh, so we really pride ourselves on our rankings accuracy. And uh, we've got customized draft uh, full rankings and projections for your for your league. So you enter your scoring system and we provide uh, custom rankings for that. And then we've got just a plethora of uh, articles and stuff that come out every week, a tool that, uh, that the subscribers can use. So for 29 bucks, it's a pretty good deal. That is a great deal. And John, we're, we're fortunate to have you in the PVJ competition. We're uh, fortunate to have you call in tonight. Thanks so much for doing that. You can follow John on Twitter at 4 for 4 underscore John and check out his work at 4for4.com. We'll let you get back to the draft here, John. Thanks for calling in. Good luck the rest of the way, man. All right. Thanks, guys. John Paulson from 4for4.com. Great stuff. We love this team. He did a good job of uh, analyzing it on the air. Let's uh, move on. I don't know if we'll be able to cover all the rest. We talked make about it, Make it quick. We'll, we'll skip Bob Lung's team. Uh, let's just talk about these three teams, as Ronnie, Dynasty Football right. Warehouse, Jay Myers, and right. Jorge Rios. We talked about a lot of the picks. Are there any picks on here that uh, stand out to you that maybe we haven't talked a little bit about? Nelson uh, Aguilar at the 703 tonight going three rounds after Jordan Matthews. What would you, what do you think about that selection? Does that seem about right for you as far as what you think is going to happen in Philly this year? You know, I think Aguilar is going to do better. I mean, we were talking about 50, 60 catches last year. I think he's going to do better than that. Looking at S. Ronnie's team too, Gronk, Cobb, and Jeffrey, and then he goes four straight backs. Geo, Jonathan Stewart, Doug Martin, and Amir Abdullah. I'm a big fan of that. And you know he's going to be number one in my heart when he takes Ben Roethlisberger in the ninth round. That's fantastic. I'm, as I'm well. worried about Vernon Davis and Ebron. Those guys. Well, he's still got Gronk, though. Yeah, I know. Gronk's great. Suck and future suck. So Gronk's got to stay healthy. <laughs> he does. Uh, he does indeed, uh, for sure. Dynasty Football Warehouse, uh, Jay Myers, Le'Veon Bell, Melvin Gordon, TJ Yeldon, and Devontae Freeman. I like that running back. This stable. team is kind of like the sexy team. Look at all those sexy picks, Bucky. Yeah, it does have a lot of sexy picks. Bell, Gordon, Evans, Yeldon. You know, Andre's kind of sexy because he's getting, you know, he's old, but he's with luck. Yeah, I like that team too. Aguilar, I mean, Charles Johnson, they're, they're all sexy picks. You, I mean, I think if Jordan Reed stays healthy and Ladarius Green stays relevant, that could be a really dominant team in this league as could well. Be, it could be good. Very well balanced. Jorge Rios, last team we'll talk about tonight. Of course, former guest of the show. Luck and Flacco are the quarterbacks. Forte, Ingram, Joyke Bell, Shane Vereen, Fred Jackson, and James Starks at uh, like running the, back. I like that running back. I do like that core as well. Manuel Sanders, Golden Tate, Marcus Colston, Stevie Icon Smith, Dwayne Bow, Michael Crabtree. Also going geriatric. So it's uh, good. Going geriatric. And again, you know, going with a ton of receivers. Yep. And, uh, you know, you'd like to think in this format with the volatility, they're going to be good for him. Yep. I um, like that. I like that. If the team took 
it turned out all right, even with luck early. Dwayne Allen, Heath Miller, and Jason Maher are the tight ends. Except eh, for the tight ends. Eh, I mean, I like Heath Miller. You and I aren't Dwayne uh, Allen fans, but uh, certainly uh, a very, a very yes, a very competitive of the teams yep. uh, in this uh, in this uh, league tonight. So uh, what a what a pleasure, Dave. They're only halfway through, but we got to shut down the YouTube broadcast. Um, it's going to be another 11 rounds there, but uh, very fun uh, for the first 17 rounds. I want to thank uh, Hyundai, Gatorade, FedEx, the FFPC, our producer and mutual friend, Rob, audio engineer, Bryce. Most of all, all of you listeners and watchers on YouTube tonight, thanks so much for carving out some time on your Tuesday night to Pony show, as it were, that uh, that Darren Armani put together. So thanks to him. I want to thank not only Darren Armani, but John Paulson, Shane Hallam, Bob Lung for calling in. Friday, we return with our regular scheduled program at 10-9 Central. Multiple football guys and KFFSC league winner Craig Campbell is going to be joining the show. He uh, plays in three FFPC Dynasty Leagues as well, so we'll have a lot to talk to him about. Check that out right here, 10-9 Central Friday. Ladies and gentlemen, your Wednesday starts now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com that was broadcast live and heard around the world. Eric and Dave will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from a guest much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week. You don't stop.